0: Good morning, everyone. Here we are on the bat around on a big day in Baltimore sports, a huge day in Baltimore sports. That's not Paul Valley across the table for me. uh, And this is not Paul Valley hosting. Paul Valley is out this week. As you know, I believe he said it last week. I don't know. I I don't remember. But Paul Valley is out this week. Ryan Blake, who was gracious enough to come in for us all the time, uh, (laughs) is here. And we appreciate it, especially, again, a, a huge baltimore sports weekend baltimore will face off against the orioles i guess i should specify given that the ravens are playing a huge game tomorrow in pittsburgh as well but baltimore the orioles are playing against the texas rangers today at 1 p.m the first game in baltimore since october 11th of 2014 uh, as a playoff game just a, a huge day that has been a long time coming we've all been waiting for it and here it is so it's uh you know it's going to be really exciting, and, and Ryan, I know you want to get there as early as possible, so that's why we're here at 9 a.m. this morning. It's the first 9 a.m. game. Well, don't put this on a.m. me. You're going to, going to the game, too. I will be there, and I also <laughs> wanted to move this to 9 a.m. So, it's the first 9 a.m. show on Batter on History. Uh, thanks for, for being here. If you tuned in with us at 9 a.m., Ryan, um, huge wild card series that uh, ended up probably a little different than most people could have expected. Four sweeps. It, it Rarely, I you know... I would, I would really say it rarely happens. Yeah, um, kind of disappointing. Things happen like, yeah, I mean, you have you have two-game series across the board. And the teams that lost got really beaten down. Like, it, you look at the Rays. They score one run over the entire time, um, over the entire two games. And, you know, Texas coming in, they, they got really hot in the middle of the season where they were looking like they were definitely going to win the AL West. And then Houston comes out of nowhere at the end. And look, I shouldn't say Houston comes out of nowhere because Houston is Houston. And right. they're always there. And they're probably going to be back here again as a team that tries to win a World Series this year. They're good. They're always good. Oh, yeah. However, and the camera's not even on me. Excuse me. Um, <laughs> um, however, I you, know, you look at Houston, you look at Texas, and they look neck and neck throughout the entire year. Texas kind of falls behind a little bit in August. They get back in September a little bit they lose the division. Houston comes out on the last day of the season. So Texas has to go and face Tampa Bay. Now, if you look at Tampa Bay, it's kind of a similar story for them. When you agree, you look at a team that's kind of up and down all year, then they kind of falter a little bit. They have some injuries. Um, Shane McClanahan, obviously the biggest one there. He's going to be a Cy Young winner for multiple times in his career, I, w- I would think. I, I think so, too. Um, and, you know, you look at that and you say, okay, Tampa Bay's been really injured. Things haven't gone the best for them. And here we are. They end up facing each other in a series, and Texas absolutely dominates.
1: It, it wasn't even close. I mean, you mentioned the Rays only scoring one run in that series. It's, it's. I, I, I know the Rays thing is they pitch and they don't hit, but one run in a in a two-game playoff series is is wildly disappointing. And like you said, the games weren't even close. No, I, I,
0: really, there was no deciding fight from any of the teams that lost that I would say they deserve to be there. No, if I that's mean, fair. Yeah. The, the
1: Jays also scored one run in their series. Uh, the Twins didn't put up huge offensive numbers, but Royce Lewis was massive for them, especially in game one. Yes. Yes. The Phillies uh, just blew out the Marlins both games. And then the the Brewers come out with Corbin Burns and Freddie Peralta. They lose game one to Brandon Fault in a bullpen game for the, the D-backs. And then Zach Allen outdoes Peralta in game two. Yeah. there. It, we knew by the fifth inning of the third game on, on Wednesday that it was going to be four sweeps. Right. The the Phillies were up, I think four not or three nothing, and then Bryson and Stott hits a grand slam. at seven nothing. The the D backs were in control of the Brewers game. That one got a little interesting toward the end, but um, you know, nothing really to write home about.
0: Yeah, it, it did get a little interesting in the eighth and ninth inning. Guys were, were getting on base for the Brewers, and it looked like they had a a little bit of a rally going. But then that kind of got it, it kind of got uh, stifled, is the word for it, pretty yeah. quickly. So it didn't go the way they wanted, but. Yeah. Look, I think the D-backs are the better team, clearly. And I think, really, if you look across the league, I think the better teams won. I hate to say it about the Marlins. We talk about them all the time on the show about how they are relatively irrelevant. Relatively irrelevant. (laughs) That's the way I like to describe them. They are a team that were a playoff team in 2020. They were bad in 21, pretty bad in 22. Here they are in 23 as a playoff team. That division was weak. The Mets were really bad this year. The Phillies were okay. I... I will say I'm not buying the hype for the Phillies, and we'll get there. We'll get there because we're, I, we're I am, towards we'll, the we'll towards all. the end of the segment before Stan gets uh, on the line here. What we're, we're going to talk about, what we think is going to happen in some of these AL ALCS and NLCS matchups, but ALDS. Excuse me. I'm jumping ahead. <laughs> I'm just hoping the Orioles are going to be there. So I'm jumping. If,
1: ahead. It feels like an ALCS because we just had four yeah, series. It, it we're does. Not, we're not used to the three game
0: format yet. And are you a fan of that?
1: Uh, I don't
0: know yet. Okay. I'm not sure
1: yet. I don't. I don't hate it. I think uh, uh, I, I think I prefer it over a single elimination game.
0: I agree with that. I agree with that. I, I think you play a 162 game series, yeah, and then you come out here and you play one game to decide who stays in. Right. That seems a little bit off to me. This isn't the NFL. It, right you it, can't you can't decide a better team in one game i don't think i i totally
1: agree with that except and in 2012 when the uh the <laughs> orioles
0: yeah obviously obviously not not in 16 though that was that know, was a travesty they should have been three games 2016 <laughs>
1: didn't happen 20 2012 was very indicative of, of who was the better team
0: it, you know so i i worry today and I'm, we're gonna get to the orioles later we're gonna get to the orioles we'll talk about them in depth i promise orioles banter Sometime after Mike Bordick joins us today, we're going to do Orioles Panther. However, I will say I worry about what happens with the Orioles, uh, what happened to them in 2016 where they didn't hit. They just didn't hit. You don't want to get behind in the series. But again, we're going to save that for later point is of this entire segment is we're looking at these wild card matchups and again it was decided victories across the board there was no one who really put up a fight i think the the brewers again were probably the closest team to that yeah. blue jays uh they score one run similar to the Rays. the orioles now are the last team standing in the al east how does that make you feel and what does that mean for the orioles overall
1: it, it was nice to watch both al east rivals get knocked out early um yeah i i yeah. I, I would have enjoyed the opportunity to beat the Rays ourselves. I, I think that would have <laughs> yeah. been really fun. Yeah. And I'm I'm not gonna lie. I'm I'm a little worried about Texas. But we'll we'll get to that. We'll when, get we, there. when we talk Orioles. Uh, yeah. No. It's it's it, it kind of reminds me of I think it was a couple years ago in the March Madness tournament. One of the and I don't follow college basketball closely until the tournament. But I think it was it was either the ACC or the Big Ten. Some team lost like their first seven games in the tournament mm-hmm. and got knocked out. And there were like one or two teams left. Um, it it kind of feels the same way to me. I know it's a, a smaller cluster of teams here, but you know, to to be able to say that we're the last team standing in the AL East after fighting with the Rays for 162 games and coming out two games ahead of them at the end of the season, it it it's it's a good feeling knowing that that we're the yeah. last guys.
0: It's pretty unbelievably special. I think yeah. you you look at this this division for the entire year. The Rays were really close, 99 wins, yeah. And the Rays are now out, and all it takes is two games. That that's the crazy thing about it. And even though I really hate the the one-game series, and I'm glad that's gone. It still feels like the Rays shouldn't be out of this thing in two games because they were so good all year. They were. But then again, you look at the injuries, you look at the things that happened, and it's similar to the Blue Jays. They probably were not the best team in the AL East. I think the Orioles were a better team than both of them. I think they're more talented on paper. I think they played more talented this year. I think both those things are true. And we saw that. now, the Orioles could get bounced uh, by the Texas Rangers in their first matchup of the playoffs. And I could be eating my words and saying, wow, I think maybe Texas, or I think Tampa Bay in a five-game series might have done a little better. I don't know. I really have no clue. These yeah. things are all hypotheticals. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you look at the Blue Jays, and it feels good. It, it, one run scored over the entire uh, you know, two games. They were just, just destroyed by a Twins team that, again, like the Marlins, I'm not sure they're that good.
1: I don't know. I mean, it, it was nice to see the the Twins come back. I think it was their first playoff game win since two thousand and four. They had lost, I believe, it was eighteen postseason
0: games in a row. Yes, I think two thousand and four was it was earlier than that, wasn't it? I want to say O two. It may have been. Yeah, it, it was very early two thousands. Regardless, but
1: in any event, eighteen consecutive playoff losses. That's six series. Right. <laughs> that's a long right. time to not win a single playoff game, and to be able to do it twice in a row against the Blue Jays, a, a team that. That's fan base has talked trash all season. They always do. They it's it's,
0: they threw beer on Kim, so that should that should tell you some things.
1: It was rewarding to to watch them get knocked out.
0: Yeah, and and it's again in two games. It's like it still kind of hurts me a little bit that we're knocking teams out in two games. I still would you go for a five game wild card? I think I would. Mm, I think that'd be fun. I don't know.
1: Then there then there's a how long of a gap for the, the teams that get a buy, Well,
0: you'd have to extend, I guess, things pretty deep into November. Like, yeah. November 15th, 16th, they're probably ending the season. See, instead that's, of, that's a little late for me. It's a little late. It's going to get cold. Things get weird. Yeah. So Unless that, you want to start fair. the
1: season, you know, before the last week of March.
0: Yeah, you could do that, too.
1: Just, But I, I don't know. I, I think I think three games is playing for a while. Well
0: I will say, though, with, with the way our winters have been lately, we've had very warm marches. That's so true. it would be fine. Like, if you got out there on March 5th, like, you'd be fine for yeah. the most part. Who, you're, you're, who needs spring training? Yeah, who need who needs spring training?
1: It's nice in Florida in Just, February anyway. Have yeah. spring training in February, start the season in March. We should
0: start the season at the spring training facilities in Florida. B- sure. Big brand idea. Yeah. That's Why not? <laughs> obviously. Uh, but yeah, Carlos Correa came up big for the Twins. He's yeah. the best player in that lineup. He is paid like he should be. So he's only there for a few years. He's not, you know, on a on the massive contract, correct? He's he's there for what, four years or so? I think so? he's he on
1: a three year deal. Three year deal.
0: Yeah. So Carlos Correa was expected to Oh he's now he's now on a six year deal through 200 million so still not as long as uh everyone expected but he he is signed through 2028 with a third 29 to 32 team option so he gets th- four years oh, of wow. team options i so, didn't
1: realize the contract is that big
0: yeah correa i mean he didn't really
1: oh you know pl- what i'm thinking of last off season when he signed a right year deal boris got in the short out. term yeah
0: and then what he opted out and re-signed i believe he had, it that's a, how it yeah it was that's how yeah it was a
1: three-year deal with an opt-out after each year
0: and you look at the Twins this year, and I, I say he was the best player, and there's that actually is pretty debatable. I mean, Max Kepler had a really good year. 260, 332, 484, slash line, 816 OPS, 24 home runs. You look at Michael A. Taylor, who... Is was kind of a Nats cast off, went to Kansas City, didn't do a lot there. Now with the Twins, he didn't hit for average, didn't really get on base, still hit twenty two or 21 home runs, excuse oh, me, and Mi- still 13 a bases. Taylor? Michael A. Taylor. Hit 21 home hit runs? Hit 21 home runs, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'll uh, take your word for it. Royce Lewis, 309 in, in 58 games, 372, 548 slash line, uh, 15 home runs in that amount of game royce lewis first round pick many years ago never really showed up showed up in the playoffs carlos correa showed up in the playoffs guys you didn't well i i think you you necessarily expect them but the twins only a 87 team uh team wins this year and you expected them probably not even to come in first place the guardians looked on paper as a better team yeah so this is surprising the twins just rolled all over the blue jays and that's We'll take it. <laughs> I mean, the, the twins, nobody's complaining.
1: The Twins remind me of a little bit of the Orioles, to be completely honest, in the sense that they have they don't have any major standout players, but they have a lot of guys who I think are Sonny solid Gray contributors. Is. Well, I would it, argue. It, offensively, it, I mean. Yeah, I mean. fair enough. Uh, pitching staff, yeah. Sonny Gray, Pablo Lopez, uh, throw Joe Ryan in the mix there. I would assume Ryan, I, I don't know for sure, but I would assume he's starting pretty early in the ALC, in the ALDS. Because it was
0: Lopez and Sonny Gray, so right. it, it's going to be – probably joe ryan for game one yeah and i, I think,
1: think i think lopez was like second in the league in strikeouts in the american league uh sonny gray was was up near the top mm-hmm. in era so yeah they're 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 one two maybe one two three punch in the rotation is uh
0: very very good just just to plug baltimore for a second because why yeah. not it's a big day uh sonny gray finished the the year with a 2.79 era kyle bradish 2.86 yeah and he's going today by the way. Mm-hmm. Just just to, we'll, we'll pre- again we'll preview it later. Against oh, yeah. ag- against a not so typical ace is what I would say is what Kyle Bradish is up against today. But he almost finished the year with a better ERA than Sonny Gray, who led for a while. Him and Garrett Cole were always up at the top of the American League. They led for the majority of the year, I would say. And I think, I want to say Garrett Cole ended up with the lowest ERA, but I'd have to look up the numbers. I'm pretty certain he did. Yeah. Garrett Cole had a really good year. As much as we don't like the Yankees on the show, Garrett Cole had a really good year.
1: There was a period of time where I was thinking maybe Kyle Bradish can make a run at Cole for the Cy Young. Yeah. And then then Cole went out and threw a complete game shutout. (laughs) Right, right, yeah. That was like his second to last
0: start of the season. You know, for as bad as the Yankees were this year, and I don't why I'm talking about the Yankees because they they aren't in the playoffs guys no one's in the so let's talk about it <laughs> well let's talk about it real quick though <laughs> let's talk about it real quick for as bad as they were this year they had some wildly good pitching matchups you saw Domingo Herman throw a perfect game I mean where did that come from and
1: that was sandwiched between two awful starts
0: yeah terrible stuff. and and then now he's probably never gonna pitch in the major leagues again because the guy's not a good person he's just not he shouldn't have been pitching not a good guy 263 by the way the number for garrett coles era he was i believe again the al yes he was the al leader but not the major leagues leader i have to look into who that is blake kershaw and blake snell were lower i think
1: blake snell was like 225
0: yes and kershaw was like 250 or 242 last time i checked so okay
1: yeah. yeah a uh I'm gonna toot my own horn for a second. Uh, Blake Snell was my preseason uh, uh, bet for, N- for NL Cy Young, so I'm there feeling go. feeling good about that. Did one. Did you
0: place the actual bet? Yeah. Oh, very nice. Yeah, okay. I got so I
1: got a nice little payday coming in once that's an
0: announced. Yeah, that's great. That's that's gonna be it, when you can predict something that's gonna have over 162. That's always impressive.
1: Well, I I shouldn't I shouldn't congratulate myself too much because I also bet on I think it was Aaron Nola to lead the league in strikeouts Cedric Mullins in stolen bases I had Adley to win MVP so I threw a a few other bets out there that didn't really work out but I'm proud of the Blake Snell one
0: you know the Rutschman MVP one it's like it's something we all wish is going to happen I don't know if it ever will but then I'm, again i'm
1: putting it on gunner next year
0: right i mean you would think gunners going to have a bit better of a chance you yeah. you would you would think but i don't know i mean we'll we'll see it's it's a it's a long career for both those guys we assume and uh, i i don't really want to make any assumptions this no, <laughs> this no. this early on but the way rutchman played this year he played like a catcher to me yeah and just to recap why why not let's talk about adley rutchman why not sure. just to recap his year a little bit he played like a catcher which means that he's not in MVP contention. That's the general way catchers play. They're not really ever in... You can think of the best catchers, Buster Posey. Okay, they've been in MVP contention. They've won MVPs. Joe Maurer, those guys. But Adley Rutschman didn't play to that level this year. He just right. didn't. The defense, the metrics, they show that it went down a little bit. I don't know why. I can't give you a good reason for that. The offense went down from last year a little bit. But he's still getting on base. He got on base better than anybody else on the team. And that's that's really relevant.
1: Oh, for sure. And you, you look at guys like Buster Posey, you mentioned, you know, JT Real Muto. Oh. Even you want to go as far back as, like, Mike Piazza. It's it's a very select few kind of catchers right? who can yeah. see themselves. Because the, the fact of the matter is, and Adley, I think, played uh, or at least appeared in more games than any other catcher in baseball That's this year. That's true. But yeah. they, they don't play enough games to... Not to qualify, because they they certainly qualify, but to to rack up the counting stats that the voters like to look at.
0: Absolutely. I mean, 277, 374, 435 slash line, great for a catcher. Really, really good. Yeah. Like, that's top of the league for a catcher. 20 home runs. Uh, Struck out only, what, nine times more than he he walked. Great numbers. Excellent numbers. But... There's guys that do better in yeah. the American League because catching is really tough for a full season. Yeah, and I hope Rutschman had a really, really strong finish to the season. Five hits in just four games. So again, we're gonna talk about the Orioles later, but I wanted to sort of throw that in there. That's important. Adley Rutschman finished strong. Yeah, hopefully he's, gets hot. Keep
1: but, him around forever. He's he's a more than capable long-term catcher for this team yeah
0: yeah so so let's look ahead real quick before we get down on the line we have about 10 minutes before we do that and let's look ahead to the ALDS and NLDS series Rangers and Orioles again we're gonna preview that later uh Phillies and Braves let's look ahead to that one Twins and Astros Diamondbacks and Dodgers that's the matchups we have I'm also going to talk about the starting pitchers later in the pl- payoff pitch around the league which is a a bat around classic so uh we look at the Phillies and the Braves Ryan who's the better team in this matchup
1: the Braves are the better team. Okay. I'm worried about the Phillies, man. I th- really? I think the Phillies are electric. I think that, that playoff atmosphere at Citizens Bank Park, first of all, and I know they won't get that for every game of the series against the Braves, that playoff atmosphere is... I hope the Orioles can match it with, with okay. the game today. Um, I think they will. They can hit. They can pitch. They are. They have the experience. They've been to a World Series recently. True. And the, the Braves have too, but um, I... I I wouldn't put money on the Phillies to win the series, but I think they're going to put up a serious
0: fight. Yeah, here, I mean, here's the deal. The, the Phillies were a really good team this year, for the most part. Um, They won, what? What's the number? They they were over 90 games, I yeah. believe. They were somewhere around there. But they the, the Braves are the best team in baseball. So for me, I, I don't look at the Phillies and, and think they have much of a chance here. I just don't. I, I think the Braves have not a weak spot in their lineup. Barely any weak spots in the starting rotation. The bullpen is probably the weakest of the three, and it's still really good. Yeah. So... You look at what the Braves can do and the fact that they've had time off for everyone to get a little more energy and and just sit around for a little while. I think that's going to be really good for the Braves. And I think the Phillies are going to come in really hot and it's going to be a really good series. But I don't know if I can ever in any bet (laughs) say that the the Phillies are actually going to win this one.
1: Yeah, I, I wouldn't bet on the Phillies. I do think the Braves will ultimately overmatch them but i i do think the phillies have a shot to put up a fight but that that Braves team like you said top to bottom they won what 103 games it's yeah it's they a, can go through anyone it's a dirty lineup a dirty rotation the the Orioles were a couple pitches away from sweeping them in atlanta they were which the, gives me a little hope for for this Orioles team but no i mean look you look you look at the the Braves top to bottom in their lineup everyone is dangerous yeah. from 1 through 9 they have at least 3 aces i think in that rotation so, yeah, I, I do think the Braves ultimately are the better team and will yeah. win the series. But you, you talk about teams, you know, the Phillies are coming in hot, right? Remember what we saw in 2014? The Royals came into our series hot, and they just kept riding that all the way to the World Series. That's they, true. Now, they didn't win the World Series, no. but they were down, I think, 8-3 to three in the 7th or 8th inning of the Wild Card game against Oakland. Came back and won that game. Right. Swept the number one seed Angels in three games. Mike Trout's only three playoff games he's ever appeared in. And then, <laughs> yeah. And then come to Baltimore and sweep the Orioles. So sometimes the postseason is just about getting hot at the right time. Absolutely, and That's the true. Phillies. I think the Phillies could ride that wave a little bit.
0: Well, you talk about getting hot at the right time. Trey Turner is the absolute example of that. He's been really, really good. He was struggling, and apparently, people gave him a standing ovation in Philly. Uh, the fans did, and ever since then, he's been just tearing the cover off the ball. I don't know how that works, but I guess it does. He had a stretch I, I,
1: of, I think, 10 homers in 11 games. Or some, he's something been unreal. absurd like that.
0: Finished the season still as a basically four-war player, slash 266, four, fifty nine, twenty six 26 home runs, 30 stolen bases. Trey Turner's Trey Turner again. Yeah. And that is the biggest thing for the Phillies, because he got off to a horrible start. You looked at Trey Turner, and you were missing Bryce Harper for a good chunk of the season if you're yeah. the Phillies. So, you look at Trey Turner, you look at Bryce Harper, they're both well, I shouldn't say Bryce Harper's hot at the right time. He's not necessarily hot right now, but he's Bryce Harper. Yeah. He can get hot whenever he wants. Right. He's just one of the greatest players that ever lived. So it's, you know, it's they're they're also getting
1: they're also getting contributions from Bryson Stott, Johan Rojas, like Well, I was
0: going to mention Bryson Stott next. Yeah. Bryson Stott is one of the best young players in the league. Um uh, undoubtedly. I mean, again, you look at his numbers this year, hit 15 home runs, stole 31 bases, hit 280. I mean, The guy's good, and he's a good defender. He's versatile. He's just a guy that you want on your team.
1: Well, I want to circle back real quick to Trey Turner. Yeah, yeah, sure. How much credit do you give the Phillies fans for his turnaround? Do you think it was one of those situations where he kind of needed that, or was Trey Turner bound to become Trey Turner again eventually? I think
0: both things are true. Yeah. I think both things are true. He probably would have been Trey Turner at some point anyway, but I think it happened quicker because of what happened in Philly. Yeah. The fans supported him. Philly fans. I mean, I'm not a Philly sports person at all. No, I neither. don't care for Philly sports. However, Philly fans are some of the most devoted in sports. Yeah, so yeah. I think when they give you a, a standing ovation like that, it means something to you as a player. Absolutely. I would, th- I would think that. And it was
1: a really quick turnaround when he, when he started hitting.
0: Oh, and, and by the way, I should mention that, uh, we have Mike Bordick coming on the show later, former yeah. Orioles shortstop, the one to replace Cal Ripken Jr. played in two world series. Uh, uh, and seven total postseason series. So, we're going to talk to him about being a player like Trey Turner, feeding off that energy, and being a shortstop in uh, the playoffs. And that's going to be some really good insight from Mike Bordick. He'll be on at 10 o'clock. Stay on the fan, Charles, three minutes away. Um, let's, Ryan, let's finish up a little bit of our wild card talk here and previewing some of these series. We look at the Twins and Astros. Um, again, the AL. CS series or LDS, excuse me. I keep saying CS. <laughs> I really want the Orioles there that bad. Uh, the Twins and Astros, ALDS series. Who do you got in this one and who do you think is the better team?
1: Uh, Astros and Astros. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I yeah. don't see the Twins putting up too much of a fight here. The Astros have been to six consecutive American League championship series. I, I, I don't see the Twins taking this to more than four games.
0: I agree. I,
1: I think they're going to win one. I think they might. Well, with that being said, though, how cool would it be? What, what kind of storyline would it be for Carlos Correa to come in with the Twins and knock out his That's
0: true. former team? That would be awesome. I'd love it. It would be pretty cool. But I'd love I,
1: it. The, the Astros are the better team. They've got the, the
0: better lineup, better rotation, better bullpen. When you talk about getting right hot at the right time, I think both of these teams did that. For the Twins, it was in the playoffs right now they're they're hot they again they rolled over the blue jays just destroyed them they had no chance they scored one run they pitched well they hit well they did everything yeah but then you look at the astros they got hot in the second half of the season as i talked about before the rangers and the astros were battling it back back and forth back and forth all year and you expected the angels to be in the mix too but what a travesty they are um and the the astros and the the rangers battle it back the Rangers end up uh, losing the AL West to the Astros, and because they got hot at the right time. So, if we're talking about that, I think both these teams did it in different ways.
1: I think so too. Now, the the Twins in the in the postseason in that series against the, the the Jays, they had two extra base hits. They scored, I think, six okay. runs in those two games, but only two extra base hits, and they were the two Royce Lewis home runs in Game One. Right, so, still right. still able to go through the Jays essentially with ease.
0: Carlos Correa, three for seven in that series. Again, yeah. it, you know w- what else is to be said? They're hot. Yeah. They're hot. There's a good chance. Like the, This could be a good series, but I, I don't think... Just like the Phillies-Braves series, I think it's going to be a good series. I don't think... I think the better team's going to win in each series. I just look at the... I, I look at the wins, and the playoffs are a whole different story, obviously. like that's We're going to talk about that plenty in the Orioles segment where everything that happened in the regular season is really out the window because it's a whole different game. However, I, I do think in both of these series, the better team is going to win
1: this this Astros twin series reminds me of last year's Astros Mariners series. The Mariners hadn't been to the playoffs since 2001. Right. They come in, sweep the Blue Jays in two games in Toronto, and then they go into Houston and just can't keep up.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's it, it's hard to believe. But and,
1: and now the Twins who just won their first playoff game in a couple decades, they're right. they're coming into Houston and they're going to try to knock off the the reigning AL champion.
0: It's still hard to digest four sweeps. Like I, I just can't get over that for the play uh, for the wild card. It's it's, it's hard weird, to believe man. that no a, game went to three games. And then there's a two game no series, a
1: two day gap between. The right. Wild cards. I didn't like that. The
0: scheduling felt. I guess it's right, but it felt off because it, again, MLB did it right, but it felt off because we only had two game series across the board. There was no baseball on on Thursday night. So why not delay? So the the NLDS
1: they start they all the games start today. And then the National League is off tomorrow.
0: And while I get Stan on the phone, give us a preview of Diamondbacks and Dodgers, if you can uh, do do that for us while Stan's on the line.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, So Diamondbacks, Dodgers, I think that's another one where the better team is going to win and the better team is the Dodgers. Um, The the D-backs have a lot of young firepower. They remind me a little bit of the Orioles in a sense, just purely based on the fact that they've they've got Corbin Carroll. He's their version of our Gunnar Henderson. They got a lot of guys who contribute, but... Carroll's really the only standout as far as I'm concerned. The rotation, outside of Zach Gallen, it really just doesn't do it for me. The Dodgers are a lot deeper from top to bottom in that rotation. The Dodgers' bullpen, I think, is a little better, although the Diamondbacks' bullpen has been really solid as of late. But I think ultimately that's going to be the kind of series where the Dodgers, with their recent postseason experience, they're, they're going to ride that wave. I think they're the better team. I think they're ultimately going to outfield the D-backs. I don't see any major upsets across this ALDS. I think the Braves win, and we'll get to you know more official predictions later, but I think the Braves win, I think the Astros win, I think the Dodgers win, and fingers crossed that the Orioles win. And now Zach, I believe, has Stan on the line, so we're going to get to him in
0: just a second here. I do have Stan the Fan on the line I can't get the headphones I mean, <laughs> on. So this is difficult. I, I, was, I was about to run out of things to say. <laughs> no, it, it's perfectly fine, Ryan. Thank you for the preview of the Diamondbacks Dodgers series. Now we do have, for his weekly segment, an hour earlier this week, Stan, fan Charles, on the line. Stan, good morning. How are you feeling this morning?
2: Hey, how you guys doing? How you doing, Zach? How are you doing, Ryan?
0: Doing great. Excited for a a big weekend in Baltimore. The Ravens face off against the Steelers tomorrow uh, on a a really big uh, AFC North matchup. And, of course, the Orioles are the elephant in the room here. Uh, They take on the Texas Rangers at 1 p.m. today. And That's why, again, Stan, we're we're doing the show one hour earlier. Thanks for being flexible for us. We appreciate that.
2: I'm sorry. And don't forget, Maryland is at Ohio State, which I've got. That's true.
0: Yeah, that's true. I'm not a big...
2: 12 12 o'clock in Columbus.
0: Stan, are you a, are you a big college football fan? I'm not as, as big into it myself.
2: Not a, I'm not a huge college football fan, and one of the reasons it's so easy not to be is because we haven't had a relevant team for so long. You know, if That's Maryland true. becomes relevant again, you know, I remember being more of a football fan during the, the uh, Bobby Ross era, you know, the Ralph Friedgen era. You pay attention because team's winning. You
0: know? Yeah, that's that's fair to say. It's it's easy to follow a team when they're they're really good, and that's the case for a lot of Orioles fans today, too. A lot of Orioles fans who probably didn't follow the team that well this season are probably going to be here at a packed house. We hope over 45,000 will be there for the Orioles today. Now, Stan, I, I want start, to first start talking about the wild cards here. Is what happened, obviously four sweeps across the board. Um, now we're going into the divisional series for each league. What did you think about four sweeps? Could that be ever have been expected by anyone?
2: No, I don't think it could be. Although I heard my friend Peter Schmuck was telling somebody that it would be a good bet going into to Wednesday that that he thought it would be a good bet to go over to the casino uh, and and bet on four sweeps.
3: Now really? he didn't say that
2: before before Tuesday, but he said it going. He looked at him and he thought it was a real possibility. That probably would have been a nice parlay
0: that would have been a really nice payout. That would, that would have been a really nice payout. Oh, yeah. Now, what what team was the most surprising to you though? We look, we look at the Twins, they rolled all over the Blue Jays. We talked about Ryan and I had a had a segment about teams getting hot at the right time. It seems like the Twins are probably that team, but what team surprised you the most?
2: Um, I would say given given how good Milwaukee has been, I think uh the, the collapse of the Brewers
0: really okay, uh,
2: was surprising when they when they had the three nothing lead in game one uh and they had a little bit of the the upside in my opinion on the starting pitching matchups uh for them not to have uh not to at least represent was kind of surprising i mean look, we had three surprises i mean that Tampa went down so easily, and also that the um uh Toronto Blue Jays went down so easily so we had three of four surprises to a certain extent. To me, Arizona was probably a little bit of the the most surprising. But I'll tell you the most surprising performance was Nathan Eovaldi coming back, uh, you know, off of the IL in early September, had, had made, I think, four or five starts, had a nine ERA in those starts. Now, we had Mark McLemore on Glenn Clark's show yesterday, a former Oriole who does some Ranger broadcasting uh, on the Valley uh, Network out there, which is equivalent, they're equivalent to Masson. And he said, for Ivaldi, those five games, now keep in mind, this is while Texas was trying to win the division yeah. and, and stave off the Mariners, that those five games were equivalent to like a pitcher in spring training, you know, getting just getting in shape. Uh, that's shocking to me that they put him out there not not thinking he would pitch that well. And all of a sudden now, yeah. in the first playoff game, he looked like vintage Ivaldi.
0: Yeah, e- you know a long-time pitcher for Boston, throws hard, really good stuff, uh, goes over to Texas, and only pitches in 25 games this year, but three six three ERA, he won 12 games out of those 25. Really good year for Evaldi, and then again you, you talk about him...
2: Well, just- he had a really good year, but you know what happened to him after the All Star game? He had he was twelve and three at the All Star break, and he ended up thirteen and nine. And his earned run average at the All Star break was like about two seven. So he was absolutely non existent and awful in the second part of the season, and for him to suddenly put that game up. That was the biggest shock
0: of the postseason for me. Well, Stan, I, I have it here that he only lost five games uh, throughout the whole season for for Texas. So uh, that that number off I have off baseball reference, but certainly the ERA yeah. did jump uh, from around yeah. two seven two three six three. Well, I know so, he only won. I
2: know he won one game after the All Star break. Interesting. He I, had twelve. Yeah, he was. He had twelve wins at the break, and he ended up with thirteen. I think. No, he, right? he
0: actually ended up with 12, 12-25. So he, he had 12 wins in, in, for Texas yeah. this year. But yeah. really, really good uh year for him overall. Even 363 three is still a good ERA and still good numbers, even if he did collapse a little bit after the All-Star break. And he's probably going to be a wep- weapon for Texas, and we're going to see him uh in the Orioles series. We would we would assume, probably, if he's
2: able to get there. Yeah, I'm assuming he'll start Game 3. Yeah, I would think so. I, the, that makes sense. Montgomery will start Game 2, and he'll start Game 3. That makes sense. A game in uh, Houston, in Dallas on Tuesday.
1: yeah. Stan, while Ryan here. While we're on the subject of the Rangers starting pitching, they're starting two lefties in the first two games of the series, Heaney and then Montgomery in game two tomorrow. Do you, what, what do you think their strategy is here? Do you think they're kind of playing toward the ballpark dimensions at Camden Yards, and then they'll go with a couple of their righties when they get back home to Texas? Because uh, it was kind of a surprise for us oh. to see Heaney listed as the game one starter.
2: Well, it's not that surprising to me. I figured that Bruce Bochy would go in game one with – with a combination. I don't look for Heaney to pitch any more than three innings today. Interesting. I think, it's, I think it's a calculated switch game where he wants, you know, Brandon to commit to a certain lineup and then three innings in, he's you know, unless the Orioles pound Heaney and he's knocked out in the first or second, then he's going to switch to Dane Dunning to do the same thing and then turn it over to the bullpen in innings six seven eight and nine you know that's what his hope is and he's going to try and get brandon hyde in my opinion to commit to making some changes to go against the right hander you know maybe drop frazier in over whoever's starting the game at second base uh you know that's how i see it at least
0: yeah, it is interesting. I mean, you have better starters than Edgar Heaney uh, to be able to, to start. And Heaney this year, 4 1 5 ERA in uh, 28 starts, 34 games pitched total. He was fine, but I wouldn't necessarily say well, Heaney.
2: His, his only options today really were Heaney and Dane Dunning. And neither I, one of them I, I would the guy Dunning. You would want to start game one, you know. you really want Montgomery. Or Gray, who I understand is also in the IL, uh, you know, so they've been, you know, they're they're starting pitching the the second half of the year. The combination of the fact that DeGrom did nothing for them, and then yeah, they, yeah, then they lost Evaldi from the All Star break until September third. Uh, it, it's just uh, it's been it's been a real really tough time for manager Bruce Bochy, you know. So I don't think he had many better options than this today, is doing a split game. That's what I think he's going to do.
0: Stan, coming into Monday, I was really concerned that we'd see Max Scherzer make a comeback and try to pitch him one of these games. Do you think there's any chance, uh, now that he's not starting either of the first two games, that he's going to make an appearance in the series? Is he Is he active? I, I don't believe so, but he he threw yesterday. He did throw in the workout, so he's yeah probably in a similar spot to other injured players, where they're just trying to test him out and see what he's you know see what he's got. Um, but it is Max Scherzer, and he's an incredible competitor, World Series winner. I, it's yeah, hard. It's hard to I say see, we're not going to say. I him.
2: see Scherzer. I see Scherzer being used in the series after this. Okay. Now, if, they're, okay. if they're desperate enough to need him in this series. In my opinion, why why take a risk? To me, what they're trying to do is leave it out there dangling that he could pitch in this series. But I think if he comes through all of his things, you know, his his throwing on the side and maybe a simulated game, I I think they would be gearing him to pitch in the next series early okay. on in that series. If if they survive, if they're in trouble, I don't think a 39 year old Max Scherzer is going to be enough to help them.
0: And, and Stan, do you think what we saw from the Rangers pitching against the Rays was more a result of the Rays just being injured and, and hurt across the board or the pitching really being as good as it seems?
2: Well, I think, look, Montgomery always has been a guy that I haven't given full respect to. Fair this enough. is some of the best. You know, he did some really good pitching with St. Louis last year. Uh, it wasn't that great this year, but that was a total team collapse. And let's not forget, part of the collapse of the Cardinals pitching this year was the fact that they were throwing to uh, what was Contreras rather than Yadier Molina. True, you know, yeah. After Molina was a legendary catcher. Uh, I don't think it's any accident that Wainwright was just absolutely awful. Clarity was absolutely not not very good them and montgomery wasn't a world beater um uh, but i think montgomery has pitched well for texas you know i think mike Maddox is a terrific pitching coach and i think he's probably simplified some things for montgomery and look with that offense you don't have to be a world beater you just can't get you know beat up and i think montgomery has responded done very well and if Vivaldi is truly back uh, the Orioles are in for, you know, a real tussle here in this in this series, and I think that's why, to me, the pressure is on the Orioles to win Game One. Yes, uh, I agree. With their best two starters in Games Two and Three, I really would think the Orioles would be in some trouble if they lose today. That's why I'm I'm guardedly excited and optimistic that Kyle Bradish is going to go out and do mostly what he's done you know, the whole season, especially his last 50, 60 innings.
0: Stan, we'll get to the O's for a sec, but I, I just want to follow up on your Jordan Montgomery comment. What, what have you seen differently from him that's been really a, a far more successful season than we've seen from him in a while?
2: Well, I can't say that I've, I've watched him that carefully yeah. to break him down, but but I think he's he certainly pitched a lot better with Texas than he is with, has with the uh, Cardinals this season. But the Cardinals no were kind of in free fall the whole season, you know. And it really did surround a lot around their pitching failures.
0: Yeah, they, they, uh, I guess losing... Um... Uh Yannier Molina, who you mentioned earlier in the segment, is a really big deal too. And Adam Wainwright just at the end of his career retiring is, is obviously a big thing for them too. So sure. the Cardinals
2: remember 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 one thing about them. They were the team that thirty days into a, what an eighty million dollar contract they gave Contreras, the the manager openly was saying he can't catch for us anymore.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean
4: publicly
2: yeah. publicly calling him out. And saying he's going to have to play right field for us, and then two weeks later, he was asked a question. I'll never forget this. He was asked a question at a press conference. What does Molina have to do, um, uh, Contreras have to do to prove that he can that he can catch again for you? And the manager publicly said, "Now he needs to work on playing right field." And then two weeks later, they did a total about face, and he was back catching. Uh, yeah. So I thought the leadership, first of all, how do you sign a guy to that level of contract, and then a month in you're questioning whether he really knows how to call games, and publicly discussing that, and I thought it was really ridiculous. It seems like homework
0: wasn't I'm done, shocked on Mar-
2: I'm shocked Marmol is still managing that team. I agree.
0: Especially as someone who's young and inexperienced, hasn't had uh, managerial jobs before to come in here and, and yep. do something like that. It's a bit odd. I will agree with you there. It's it's yeah. it's quite yeah. odd. Yeah. Now so let's let's get to the Orioles and Rangers lineup uh, series a little more I should say. Um let's look at that Rangers lineup and just about everyone in that lineup is either home run hitter, high average hitter, on base machine. What are you seeing from them and, and how hard is it gonna be to stifle guys like Corey Seeger?
2: Well, it's uh yeah, that is not an easy lineup no. uh, to get around but uh we had uh we have one yesterday I'm trying to remember we had somebody on Glenn's Glenn show that was talking about Kyle Bradish that when he really started to use the two seamer uh over his four seamer that a lot of things changed for him.
0: Interesting. Look
2: in his last in his last 57 innings he's given up two home runs. Wow. Uh in his if you take out one game, because uh, I'm, you know, from talking to me every week, I'm big on if you take this one or two games out of somebody's record. Well, if you take the game out September 14th when he gave up four runs and in seven innings against Tampa, which isn't a horrible outing, it's just not a spectacular outing. His ERA in the last 50, 50 and two-thirds innings is like 1.4. His whip is 0.8 and he's given up one home run in those 50 and two-thirds innings. Wow. So yeah. um, whatever it is he's got in his secret sauce, he seems to know how to keep the ball in the ballpark. So I'm looking for him to pitch a big game. Um, I'm sure he'll have some opening jitters. So that first inning is going to be very important for him to get through uh, to make you know, quickly.
1: Stan, I think back to 2014, and we saw Chris Tillman come out in game one of the division series against the the Detroit Tigers, and he strikes out the side, Uh, Ian Kinsler, I think Torrey Hunter, and Miguel Cabrera, and he was pumping 95-96 miles an hour on his fastball on those strikeouts after sitting around 91-92 for most of that season. Does Bradish strike you as the kind of pitcher who would have that kind of playoff adrenaline? Do you think it would tick him up a notch like it did with chris tillman or do you think it might cause a little bit of you know lack of command a little bit of the you big know.
2: difference and that's that's great memory you got there because i didn't remember that but the big difference to me would be what this this pause of five six days is going to do you know yeah. whether yeah. that can lead to more more jitters you know where you're you're sort of you're overtaken by the jitters early in a game like this, and you walk a, a batter or two. That's not Kyle's game. So the the big thing is he's got to pound that strike zone yeah. and stay ahead of the hitters. Now, conversely, I think they're going to be trying to, rather than kind of hijack him or what's it called when you you surprise attack him on first pitch swing. Ambush. I think they're they're going to be they're going to be aiming at getting his pitch count up. Sure, you know, and getting sure. him out of there in four four to five innings. So I don't know how aggressive they'll be, and that's why it's imperative for him to be aggressive in the strike zone and get ahead of their hitters.
0: Now, Stan, you, the, obviously we look at the Rays, and we know them being in the AL East, and they know the Orioles really well. They've played them a ton of times. The Orioles won the season series, and they, they played well against Tampa Bay, much better than they have in the past three or four years. But do you look at this Rangers matchup as more favorable – Um, considering that you're looking at a team that doesn't know the Orioles that well,
2: well, the team's played six times this year, and they, uh, you know, they played very early. Yeah. Remember, Braddish was the starter on the mound when he got hit by that comebacker and had to come out of the game. True. And that led to Tyler Wells being back in the rotation. Didn't Tyler Wells pitch like five or six one-hit shutout innings? It it was like five, yeah. Um, yeah but they were three and three against each other. I mean, I don't see either team having an advantage that way that they don't know us, we don't know them. We've played enough, and their scouts have seen us enough. you know I, you know, I don't think that's a, a big advantage either way
0: yeah it's it's, and it's shocking to me to see a 99 win team like the Rays fall to the Rangers so quickly. What was your take on that series if you ever got to uh, to catch a game?
2: You know, I, I did not uh, – the, the way the playoffs have evolved the last few years, I don't get to see all the games because Fair it mystifies enough. me why, why you wouldn't want to have at least two hours between a, every game. But but I would think that Tampa fought their asses off all year long, and they came out, out of their uh, dugouts and looked in the crowd and saw 19,000 people. Yeah. I think, it was defla- I think it was deflating to them that this is all the fan support we get. You know, Now, I mentioned that sure. to somebody the other night who laughed that off. Oh, they don't care about that. And I heard that the second game, I heard it looked like they may have announced 11,000 people for the second game, but wow. that there may have been as like three or 4,000 people in the ballpark for that game. So I think that... Now that's not going to take place today. It's not going to take place in Atlanta. You know, yeah. Um, these stadiums are going to be raucous in most venues, uh, and I'm, I'm I was really surprised by that. With the good news Me that too. Tampa had had the stadium, you know, the, albeit in St. Pete, but they're getting a new stadium, and ra- yeah. I thought the fans would rally around this team, right? Uh, and they they didn't, and I think that that. Set them off a little bit uh, and got them off their game a little bit. Because certainly the way they played defense, their heads were somewhere else rather yeah. than in that game.
0: And Sam, we're going to have Mike Bordick on here at the show later, uh, and I'm going to ask him about that. I'm going to ask him, how does energy feed into what you do as a player, and how do you kind of look around and say, okay, there's only 19,000 people here. How do we actually bring any energy from that? And that's probably the Rays are used to it, because they play to small crowds really every year. Even in good playoff games, they play to small crowds. So it's 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 sad to see, and I did a I did a segment on the show last week about the stadium being in St. Pete. Um, you know, as much yep. as I'm, I'm not a race fan, I, I really don't care all that much. It's sad to uh-huh. see that they're making the same mistake twice.
2: Uh, what by putting the stadium in St. Pete? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't see it as that big a mistake. I think that I think the cost the cost to do it in Tampa were probably too great. So they we're able okay. to work a deal there. I think the larger issue is people don't don't want to go in indoors in in Tampa, St. Pete. Yep. You know, I, I think uh, that ballpark. I have not been inside of it, but I've never heard a good word about it. But it's interesting. While it hasn't helped them from a business standpoint, they they have a tremendous home record, which is all the more surprising that they got blown out so easily.
0: Yeah, it's, it's hard to believe. 99 wins and they're, they're good every year. It's It's been for the past five, six, seven years. Tampa Bay's always been in it. This year, I think the injuries just got the better of them. A, a commenter mentioned they were just totally worn out. That seems like the case. They were just so worn out that things just didn't go their way this year. So, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see if Texas brings the same fire to the Orioles series. Um, now, speaking of the Orioles, stand, you look at the bullpen obviously without Felix Bautista. It was announced this week that he's going to have Tommy John surgery and we will be back in the spring of 2025 how big is it that the Orioles are missing Valtista down the stretch here and then all of next year well it's it's
2: certainly it's certainly big when you lose the best closer in baseball yeah Um, and I'm not saying that a couple of the games weren't without a little drama late in the games but I I think this bullpen has the necessary pieces now I've got one question for you guys I was busy doing a lot of stuff yesterday. It, who ended up being the pitcher that got left off? Was it Flaherty or Fuji? Or both Or both of them on somehow on the roster?
0: I don't believe they've announced the, they, they the have, roster yet. So that was actually going to be my next question, Sam. They have not announced the postseason roster yet. And to my okay. to my knowledge, Texas hasn't either. It's possible. It's possible we made, we missed it during the show, and that they've done it this morning. Yeah. Um. But I, yeah. I I haven't seen anything, and I I was I was pretty busy as well this week, so if if I missed something, I apologize. But I haven't seen them release the roster.
2: I, I thought the last couple times um, I watched Fuji pitch, I just I I watched them in that game against Boston. We were trailing. I think it was two to nothing when he came in. And when he left, we were only down 3 nothing, but it was so, like, sort of, I was going, boy, if this game really meant something, mm. um, you know, it, it just, I can't see taking the risk in it. It's a, it was a very interesting acquisition. I'm glad we, we kind of own him for next year, yeah. where they can really work with him in spring training and maybe get him somehow seeing some type of psychologist or sports psychologist. Something is with him because it's awfully different when he came in like in the fifth inning of a 5 nothing lead rather than the seventh inning of a one run game or something like that, you know. Um, So I I would have a hard time wanting him uh, on my postseason roster. But the flip side of that is Flaherty, when they moved him to a relief role, he only pitched one time for about eight days. Right. Where I thought, where I thought, hey, we're going to win the. It looks like we're going to win the division. Get him in two or three games during that time period, so he's used to warming up. They only brought him in again on the, what the Saturday game, I think. Correct. Or the Sunday game against Boston was that
0: weekend, yeah. That
2: wasn't that wasn't a really great tryout. As a reliever, that didn't warm my the cockles of my heart uh, to watch him those two times he pitched in relief. I thought Flaherty with the the lack of the phantom runner, you know, uh, the ghost runner in the playoffs. That if you get if you get into a situation and you you need you're down to like two pitchers, and Flaherty's one of them, he could go out and give you four innings. Yeah. you know. Uh, I, I don't know if but I can... I'm not sure. I'm not sure how they'll play it. And
0: that's that's kind of the question mark that I have in my head is who's going to be that final guy to make the roster? I I think it's going to be Fuji. I really do. I, I, I think Flaherty has proved that he's just not good in big moments. But then again, Fuji's proved the same thing. So I, I genuinely don't know who the I, guy is here.
2: I mean, to me, to me, the Orioles have three left-handers in Coulomb, Paul, and Perez. But to me, Probably the steadiest guy they could put on the postseason roster would be Cole Irvin. You know, Oof. I think I think if you got into a 11th inning of a game and you said, "Shoot, we really need somebody who can hold the fort for three innings," I think I'd have much more faith in Irvin, Cole Irvin, than than either Flaherty or but That would be four left-handers plus means. That's a lot of your pitchers being left-handed.
0: Well, I was going to mention the same thing as you. I think Flaherty provides that length that's going to be valuable in the playoffs because it is. Every, everyone's tired yeah. down the stretch, and when you can get a guy that hasn't really pitched that much, as you just mentioned, the past few weeks, that's probably going to be a benefit to them. So maybe maybe Flaherty is that guy simply because of the length. That's a good point.
2: Now, the flip side of it is that they're obviously not going to need five starters. So they got a Dean Kramer or a Kyle Gibson. That is there in reserve, you know, for for three or four innings in a game, too. Right, yeah. but they would most likely be used in the first nine innings, you know, to pitch length.
0: You not you would think so. Not
2: sitting there as the last the last uh, survivor for your pitching staff, you
0: know. Stan, final question before we move into predictions and yep. predictions for the championship series. But who do you see closing for the Orioles right now? Is it Tyler Wells? Is he the guy?
2: I think. Probably Wells. I think if the situation's right and there's three definite right handed hitters, good to know. Um, I think it's going to depend upon sort of what the matchup is. You know, okay. we get hung up in who's going to finish the ninth inning, but sometimes, you know, now more and more it's become a little more sophisticated to pitch your best pitcher where the best hitters are. So I'm not going to predict it outright, but I guess Wells probably has nudged in front of Cano right now.
0: All right, fair enough. Now, Stan, I want to move on to predicting the winner of each of the division series to move into the championship series. Now, uh, we're going to skip the Rangers and Orioles because we just talked a good deal about them, but Phillies and Braves, who do you have in that one?
2: You know, the Braves are a big, big favorite, and there's no question they've been the best team in baseball. Uh, I think that's going to be a very tough series. I don't think that's going to be a sweep. So I think that's a, a four- or five-game series. Okay. I'm going to take a chance and say that the Phillies somehow survived. Wow. Uh, they got an awful lot of veteran firepower in that lineup. I know the I know Atlanta does, too. And I think when when Nola and Wheeler pitched the level they pitched in this previous series, and I know that's against Miami, they've got a chance to beat anybody and don't deserve to be that big an underdog.
0: Ryan strongly agrees with you. By the way, Ryan is on the Phillies hype train, so I think you're there with him.
1: I'm, I'm not sure they'll win the series, but like Stan said, uh, it's going to be closer than a lot of people think.
0: Yeah, that, that could certainly yeah. be the case. Um, Stan, real quick here: Twins and Astros and Diamondbacks and Dodgers. What do you have in those series?
2: Well, I got the Dodgers uh, winning pretty easily over the Diamondbacks, okay. and I think the Twin. I think the Twins are going to be a really dangerous team. I think they've got a little traction under their feet here. And uh, I see Bailey Ober is starting today. He's he's very similar to what happened to Evolving, where coming out of that All Star break, his velocity was down, and they yeah. ended up sending him yeah. to the minors after some rest. And he's come back and pitched a couple really nice games. He's going against Verlander. Uh, you know, Verlander is certainly capable of shutting them down always uh, for six innings. But yeah, to me. At his age right now, he's also very easily able to give up three or four runs in five, six innings. So I think they, they, may, they may prevail in that series. I really love chance. Uh, Royce Lewis if he can stay healthy.
0: Yeah, Royce has been a uh, really, really good player for them so far in the playoffs, and and Carlos Correa is always a, a stalwart in the middle of that lineup, too. So things are looking good for the Twins. Don't
2: sleep on that good kid uh, playing second base, Julian. Yeah.
0: Edward
2: Julian. I love Edward Julian. He's a good
0: guy. <laughs> yeah. they, they've got a lot of young talent, so it's going to be exciting to see what happens. Yeah. Uh, I, I think most series will be close, and and I don't, I don't think we'll see a sweep. I really don't think that. Um, but... I. I I think I'm on the Braves train instead of the Phillies train. But we'll see what happens. Stan, enjoy uh, the Orioles game today. Are you going to be heading out to that? What's that? Are you going to be heading out to the Orioles game today?
2: I'm I'm more than halfway there now. Oh, wow. I pulled okay. over to do this. I pulled over the news segment. I wanted to get in Thank early. You. For well, some I'm... reason, I don't understand. It must, be, it must be an MLB thing. I could not pick up my credential. Yesterday or Thursday, I had to. I had to wait till Saturday morning. Wow. So. Well, Stan, it really. It wasn't doing any good to get down there like any earlier. So
0: enjoy the amazing All right. Baltimore Sports Weekend. Uh, thanks so much for calling in an hour early. We appreciate that, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Stan.
2: All right, guys, go O's. Go, go O's. O's. That was
0: Stan the Fan Charles on for his weekly segment. Stan's always really good; gives us a lot of insight. And this week, it seems like. Um, you know he's really excited everyone's really excited for for what's about to happen and we're gonna preview everything uh, coming up Mike Bordick is going to be joining us um, later in the show at 10 o'clock after the first break here but don't forget that Stan the fan Charles has changed up the format for his weekly shows now every Monday at 6 p.m. Stan will be joined by former Orioles pitcher Ross Grimsley and Press Box's managing editor editor Luke Jackson to break down the latest with the birds and every Thursday night Stan and Gary Stein will chat with a different newsmaker from the world of sports and and this week, Stan and Gary caught up with Maryland radio analyst and former star receiver and returner Steve Sutter. Now, you can always find the the live shows at Facebook.com PressBox or find them the next day at PressBoxOnline.com video and YouTube.com PressBoxOnline. Now, we're going to catch a break. When we come back, Mike Bordick, former Orioles shortstop and a guy who's played in many postseason series, will
5: have him on the line. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door, just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code PRESSBOX23. So bet with the best and use promo code PRESSBOX23 this football season with superbook sports visit superbook.com for terms and conditions gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER make the most out of every day
6: in your toyota rav4 available in hybrid or gas only models a rav4 can get you where you want to go in style check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new rav4s from your local toyota dealer today
3: what's up everyone it's tyus bowser and i've had so much fun hanging out with rita A partnership, a press box, and great ace memorabilia.
5: The next Tyus Bowser Show is Tuesday, October 17th at Mother's North Grill in Timonium. It's brought to you by Superbook Sports and A.J. Michaels. And if you or a loved one have a gambling problem, visit helpmygamblingproblem.org. Visit Harford County this fall. Celebrate arts across Harford September 15th through the 30th with dance, theater, music, and visual arts. September 29th through October 1st is the largest Italian festival in Maryland, featuring entertainment, cooking demonstrations, a bocce tournament, and family fun. If you're headed to the Maryland Five Star, stay and play in Harford County. While you're there, enjoy the scenic views atop the King and Queen seats and experience pumpkin patches, corn mazes, and fall brews along their harford Light trail for more info head to visit harford.com maryland open picking a restaurant to try for the first time let's look at the costas inn here's a few checklist items quality of the
2: food check quality of service check does restaurant have plenty of free parking? Check. And finally, does restaurant have delicious steamed crabs, crab cakes, crab soup, and specials galore? Check, check, check. Costas Inn, 4100 North Point Boulevard, they
5: check all the boxes. The Baltimore County Police Department is now hiring with competitive salaries, including for experienced police officers starting salaries between over $68,000 and over $82,000 based on your prior service time, accepting up to seven years of service times with only six. 6 weeks in the academy, minimum of 2 years prior experience. And police cadet starting salaries at over $32,000 must be between the ages of 18 and 20, but you can apply starting at 17 and a half. Must have a high school diploma or GD equivalent at the time of the hire, U.S. citizen at the time of the hire, and a valid driver's license. So if you have a passion for service and want a career for life, now is the time to join the Baltimore County Police Department. Call 410-887-5542 or visit joinbaltimorecountypd.com.
2: What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses allergens and bacteria aj michaels heating and air conditioning in baltimore and annapolis ajmichaels.com
0: welcome back into the bat around on this big baltimore sports weekend here in the lovely Towson area where it's currently pouring, the, the Orioles tarp is on the field. But to celebrate today's huge playoff game, we have someone on the line who's been in a lot of playoff series himself, played in two World Series, and has a ton of experience there. We have Orioles shortstop Mike Bordick. Mike, thanks for joining us this morning. How are you?
8: Absolutely. Yeah, good morning. I'm great, man. I'm down at Pickles right now. Oh, <laughs> That's, man, Orioles are uh, excited right now. I, I think uh,
0: Ryan, uh, my co-host here, is also his sister's down at Pickles right now. So
8: <laughs> yeah, say, say hello so if you
0: nice. say. Everyone's, everyone's there right now. How How is the scene down there in Baltimore at the moment?
8: Yeah, it, it's wild, man. It's great. It's so exciting. Obviously, sports in Maryland right now is uh, peaking.
3: So yes. it's pretty,
8: pretty uh, fun to see uh, Orioles leading the way. It's a sea of orange out here. Everybody's fired up. That's
0: awesome. Good to hear. Good to hear. I'll be down there myself. Ryan will also be down there later. So I uh, hope, hope everything goes the way we want it to go today. But Mike, you had the chance to play in seven postseason series in your career, including two World Series. Can you talk about what it is, just just playing in a playoff game and how these guys prepare and how they feed off the energy and everything that goes into it?
8: Yeah, it's pretty intense. Uh, let, let me start by just a quick negative <clears throat> about it. And um, really the, the only drawback, I guess, about the postseason is the fact that it's completely um, out of the routine that these players have created over 162-game schedule. Uh, and in my opinion, it's a little bit unfair because the game times are always different. There are off days scattered in there. So players have to make an adjustment. Um, and that's why these guys are so good. The guys that can step up in the postseason with the pressure on, the change of routines, uh, that's why they should be elevated. And they're going to be postseason, and the Orioles, of course, hope that there are a couple guys on their team that, that really get hot at the right time, and, and that's what it's going to take. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how the Orioles um, you know, respond after a week-long layoff, too, because I think that's one of the big challenges, the extra layoff for guys. Yeah, uh, It's tough. It's a big disruption with the All-Star game in the middle of the season, and now all of a sudden at the end of the year you almost have to take a week off before you first right, playoff game right. and I think in some instances and I, I worry about it a little bit I guess we'll find out today you know the Orioles were fighting at the end to, to, to obviously try to win the East and then get over 100 wins so there was a they still had an edge like a chip on their shoulder and you could tell the last couple games there was a letdown yes uh, they didn't play their best baseball the last two games and I'm not going to say they're going to be let down like that I, I think they're going to get up I mean my gosh well this crowd gets going and and obviously the hype and attention that's been paid attention to the uh, postseason, especially the Orioles, um, they're, they're going to be hyped up. I'm just talking about the crispness of how they play the game. Great base running, great defense. That's going to be what's going to take them to the promised land anyway.
0: Yeah, and you look at the Rays drawing under 30,000 people in the two wild card series uh, oh. games there. Yeah as a player you have to look around and just feel like your team's not supporting you but we expect probably forty-five thousand a sold out game for the orioles as a player how does that feel to not have your your city backing you in that kind of way
8: yeah it's sad i mean it's sad for tampa because uh you know they're one of the models now in the game of baseball as far as uh, how to have sustainable success with a limited payroll and i think the orioles have kind of taken on that model a little bit. And now it's just a matter of are the Orioles going to be able to have that same sustainability that the Rays created down there. And I, I think it's, uh, it's embarrassing, um, really, that they couldn't uh, fill that place up uh, and honor that Rays baseball team that's been, done so many good things. And just to get to where they were with so many injuries they had uh, is mind-blowing, too. So, uh, yeah, it was a little disheartening, but I know this. Camden Yards is going to be full today, and then there's going to be spillover. This city is going to be full of orange. I mean, it's going to be unbelievable. No doubt.
1: Mike, you were the starting shortstop for the 1997 (laughs) Orioles team that went wire to wire as division champions. They were the top seed in the American League. And for the first time since then, the Orioles currently have a top-seeded American League team What is it like to have those kind of expectations on your shoulders as the top team in the league going into the postseason? And do you see comparisons from that Orioles team in 97 and this team in 2023?
8: Oh, my gosh. Only in the fact that they're a really good team. You know, I think uh, that 97 team was maybe the best veteran-laden team I'd ever been on. I mean, they just had quality pros up and down, guys that knew how to do it and Davey Johnson basically just rolled the balls out and said, go get it, boys, and that's what we did all year (laughs) long. It was so much fun playing. Um, And, you know, we knew knew how to play the game um, and unfortunately got beat in the postseason. But this Orioles team, so young, um, and I think what has happened through the process of uh, the end of last year and obviously rolling through this year is they've built a confidence that, You know, I I think when they take the field, they just know they play better baseball than their opponent. And, you know, some nights pitching might get them and, and some nights, you know, something might go not their way. But for the most part, they just play baseball better than every other team. And I'll tell you what, you put the Braves on paper and stuff like that, and you know, they look like the greatest team. The Dodgers got some incredible players. But running the bases, catching the baseball... Understanding situations, not making bonehead mistakes on the bases like young teams typically do, the Orioles haven't really done that. You know, they've just been consistent night in and night out, and I, I just feel like they step on the field with their chest out, um, a, a young, um, somewhat naive but confident group of guys that knows they know how to play the game right.
1: And Mike, you talk about the 97 team having a lot of veterans and now this current team having a lot of youngsters, but they do have a few guys who have postseason experience. You look at guys like Kyle Gibson, who was there with the Phillies. Jack Flaherty's been there with the Cardinals. Aaron Hicks with the Yankees. Even Adam Frazier last year came up big for the Mariners in their series against the Toronto Blue Jays. How important are those kind of guys on on a young, inexperienced team taking on their first playoffs?
8: Yeah, I think they're invaluable, to be honest with you. I think experience in the game of baseball um, really bodes well for the success of, of all players. I, I think sharing in experiences, um, because that's really um, how you become a really good pro, is just through your repetitions of the experiences you have out on the field. And uh, the guys that have done it the most and been through the most in the game, you know, they, they hand that down to the young guys, and it, and it helps them. Uh, just to talk through these kind of situations. So I I think it's great. I I think, uh, yeah, you know, we talk about the Orioles' young superstars, but there's a nice handful of uh, veteran players that have helped lead this group and, uh, like you said, have had postseason experience. So I I think that's really helpful for these young guys. But I do think uh, the youth leads the way, I think, with, like I said, that naivete and kind of blinders on. They're just going at it, man. They're, they're playing the game like it's supposed to be played. Yeah. There are no contract thoughts. There are no, nobody's got egos that are above anybody else's. It, it's just, uh, they're just playing baseball, which makes it so pure and fun to see.
0: It feels that. like Adley Rutschman, among all of these young guys, is the guy that's built to be the leader in the clubhouse in the postseason. What, what does it take to be a leader in the clubhouse in the postseason? How do you have to be as a player?
8: Yeah, he he comes as advertised. And, and, you know, coming from uh, Oregon where he had a couple uh, College World Series appearances, I think helped him. And then being a a catcher, uh, just playing that position, um, I think when you put the uh, uh, equipment on, I I think leadership uh, is part of that position. And, you know, some guys get it, some guys don't. Adley took it and and really – Embraced it. All right. So his part of his, I guess, uh, scouting report um, as he was coming up and and while we were talking about him before the draft was that he had great leadership skills. He plays the game great. Switch right. hitter, can throw, can catch. One of the best defenders. But he has leadership skills and he has great character. That stuff. When you've got those kind of guys, when you're in a locker room like that, and you just look. All you gotta do is look over and see what that guy's doing. The leader. What's the leader doing right here? Oh, he's getting yeah. ground balls. He's he's throwing. A, you know, he's doing this. He's talking to his pitchers. He's he's talking shop. He's making sure he's doing things the right way, and that's his game. And if you ask me, I mean, I mean, it's no secret, right? Since he came up last year, they haven't been swept in a series, and they've been a very good yeah. baseball team, well above five hundred since Adley Rutchman's arrival. So uh, I, I think just his uh, presence changed, you know, the big leagues and the uh, full organization. And I think how he carries himself, how he communicates, uh, put a C on his chest and let him be here for the next 12, 15 years. And uh, I, I would think he'd end up like Thurman Munson in that regard as far as respect from his teammates and opponents.
0: Yeah, that's, that's that's high praise. And, and when you look at the pitchers on this Orioles roster, Kyle Bradish going today for the O's, Andrew Heaney going to go for the Rangers. What do you see in that matchup? Who has the, the leg up? Obviously, the Orioles are facing a lefty, which has been a little bit more of a struggle for them this year. But w- what's the matchup look like
8: for them? Yeah, well, shoot, I'm, I'm definitely biased towards the Orioles I, and, uh, for the right reasons. Like I said, I think they play a better brand of baseball. Um but I think their pitchers have been better than anybody in the game. Kyle Bradish has yeah. been one of the best right-handed pitchers in all of baseball, uh, just dominant the second half of the season. Grayson Rodriguez, pretty much the same way. you know. Ever since his little uh, bout down in the minor leagues, he's come up and dominated the second half, and that's why. I mean, they're a great one-do punch. Um, listen, the Rangers uh, are known, obviously, for their great offense, and they've got one of the uh, stronger offenses in the postseason. And they're tough, you know, one through nine. They got Young back as well. Uh, so uh, that's a, you make a mistake, you make two mistakes, and it could be game over. So you've got to be able to execute your pitches. Yeah. And I think Braddish has just gotten better and better in that regard. The opponent bat having a hard time making contact him off him, you know, like 200 or below. Uh, his slider is wipeout, out. He has great command of the, his spin pitches and I love his fastball just the ability to locate it to all four quadrants um and I expect him to have really good success uh and he has success against the Rangers you know this year so and and I think the Rangers slipping in the two lefties um I, the Orioles have gotten heaney before and you know I I think he's got really good stuff but I think they're pitching the lefties just because of Camden Yards you know the big uh yeah uh left field wall so trying to keep it in the ballpark. I think the lefties are favored at Camden Yards. So that's another thing to be concerned about, obviously, uh, facing this Rangers lineup because uh, they can put some runs up and they can do it in a hurry with the, with the long ball. And they have you know, good hitters that can get on base. So they're going to challenge uh, the Orioles' pitching staff. They were pretty evenly matched, I think, uh, through the course of the season. So this is expected to be a really tight and, and fun series to watch.
0: Now, Mike, last question for you here, and it's breaking news from our friend Rock Kubako over at Masson, but John Means has been left off the playoff roster for the O's. He has elbow soreness, but they expect him to be ready for the ALCS. So if you're starting, if you're Brendan Hyde and you're throwing a starter out there for game three, who's it going to be if it's not John Means? Oh,
8: goodness. Uh, well, that's a pretty interesting story here. Yeah, uh, my first concern is for John Means, obviously, because I thought he'd be a, a big weapon uh, in this series, maybe to help kind of neutralize some of the left-handed bats, obviously, that the Rangers have, like Corey Seager, for instance. <laughs> um, hmm, so, you know, I, I guess you go next man up. So you got a couple really good choices, right? I mean, Gibson um, and, and Kramer, I, I think both have earned opportunities to uh, be in the rotation, I think those spots, though, are. I think all this, I think the bullpen and, and everybody after Bradish and Rodriguez, this is just going to be match-up based. So they'll put the numbers down with Gibson facing uh, X lineup for uh, the Rangers, and then they'll put Kramer's numbers down there and see who matches up, and they might possibly piggyback those two guys. So, you know, I, I think they have a unique situation in that, they have three arms that are kind of touted to be in the bullpen, right? Potentially with Wells is out there too, so Wells can eat up inning, uh, Kramer and, and Gibson as well. And I know I didn't give you one firm answer on who should get that spot. I just know this: there are good options <laughs> either Fair way enough. you look Fair at enough. it, and there's and there's depth behind him.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Let, well, I'm assuming probably Dean Kramer or Kyle Gibson. That's that's where I think the Orioles will go instead of yeah. maybe Tyler Wells. We'll get, will get a look, but I, I think those two guys are, are going to be the choice. Now, Mike, uh, thanks so much for doing this for us today. What, what can we plug for you? Oh, my goodness. i got a lot of
8: things you can plug. First uh, foremost, uh, my, my, the nonprofit I'm involved with, uh, the League of Dreams, is just uh, on a roll now that uh, COVID's over and we're able to get back outside. We're having events. Please look it up, leagueofdreams.org, a uh, hometown nonprofit to give special needs kids opportunities to play baseball and softball. And we're getting in a little bit more uh, dive-in, if you will, swimming um, for our special needs kids. we got a uh, STEM program as well. I'm also working with the baseball warehouse, so check them out. Uh, lessons, clinics, I, I talk at schools. Um, I do all kinds of fun stuff. So I like sharing my experiences and, and helping kids make it through this uh, this time in their lives.
0: Awesome. Those are great causes. We'll be sure to look them up. Mike, enjoy uh, your day down at, at the Orioles game today. Enjoy your day at Pickles, and let's let's go O's. Yeah. Thanks for, have, uh, thanks for coming good, on yeah, today. good,
8: man. Yeah. Thanks for having me. All right, guys. Take care. Take care.
0: That was Mike Bordick, the shortstop to replace Cal Ripken Jr. on the Baltimore Orioles. Just uh, a incredible guy. We saw him on Masson for so many years, and he's he knows his stuff. Like this guy, if there's anybody to talk to about the playoffs, it's this guy. Seven different postseason series, two World Series. Uh, unfortunately, he never got a ring. I, I feel bad for Michael on that one. I I really wish he gotten a ring. I, I do want to say League of Dreams, that
1: organization, uh, nonprofit that he runs. Uh, he- I I believe he co runs it with Frank Kalark, who, uh who oh, okay. is a-, a Catonsville guy. His son went to his son Adam has pitched in the majors. Yep, um, and. Actually, my grandmother used to babysit Frank, who's the guy that Mike does League of Dreams Interesting. with. So I, I huh. wish I had mentioned that to him. Huh. I, I did, It didn't occur to me until he plugged it at the end. But uh, they, they run that together. It's a it's a great cause. Very cool. Definitely consider helping them out.
0: Yeah, they, Mike's always been involved in a lot of good things. And uh, he's just very good guy. Again, he can certainly speak to the energy that's going to be in the stadium today. He's down at Pickles, which is awesome, too. So I guess say hi to Mike Bordick yeah. <laughs> if you're down at Pickles right now. Now, don't forget the Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today and the baltimore county police department they're hosting a hiring event saturday october 28th it'll take place at the public safety building 700 e uh east joppa road in towson and applicants can Uh, Complete multiple parts of the hiring process, including agility testing, written testing, and the ability to apply on the spot. Members of our specialized units will be in attendance to further discuss career opportunities with the police department. And starting in the afternoon, there will also be a trunk or treat event that is open to the community, even if you're not interested in joining the BCPD. To find out more, contact their office at 410-887-4584 or 410-887-5521. That's what we got. Break two coming up. Orioles banter on the way. We're going to preview everything to happen in this ALDS for the Orioles. The first game here in Baltimore since October 11th, 2014 for a playoff game. Bat around. Break two.
5: The Baltimore County Police Department is now hiring with competitive salaries, including for experienced police officers. Starting salaries between over $68,000 and over $82,000, based on your prior service time, accepting up to seven years of service times with only six weeks in the academy. Minimum of two years prior experience, and police cadet starting salaries at over $32,000 must be between the ages of 18 and 20, but you can apply starting at 17 and a half. Must have a high school diploma or GD equivalent at the time of the hire. U.S. citizen at the time of the hire, and a valid driver's license. So if you have a passion for service and want a career for life, now is the time to join the Baltimore County Police Department. Call 410-887-5542 or visit joinbaltimorecountypd.com.
9: Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop
5: The Maryland 5-Star returns to iconic Fair Hill October 19th to 22nd, marking the next chapter in Maryland's equestrian tradition. Best described as the triathlon of horse eventing, you won't want to miss this thrilling sport. Enjoy a fall festival with local fair, retail vendors, and tons of family fun. Come for the event and stay for the experience in Cecil County, home to the Chesapeake Bay waterfront with vibrant small towns and accommodations to suit every desire. It's the place to be in October.
6: Visit
5: Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code PRESSBOX23. So bet with the best and use promo code PRESSBOX23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Picking a restaurant to try for the first time? Let's look at the Costas Inn. Here's a few checklist items. Quality of the food. Check.
2: Check quality of service check this restaurant have plenty of free parking check and finally this restaurant have delicious steamed crabs crab cakes crab soup and specials galore check 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 costas in 4100 north point boulevard they check all the
3: boxes what's up everyone it's Ty's bowser and i've had so much fun hanging out with rita a partnership a Press Box and Great Ace Memorabilia.
5: The next highest Bowser Show is Tuesday, October 17th at Mother's North Grill and Timonium. It's brought to you by Superbook Sports and A.J. Michaels. And if you or a loved one have a gambling problem, visit HelpMyGamblingProblem.org.
0: Welcome back in from break two to the bat around. Ryan is here with me again today, Paul Valley on vacation this week. He's missing a good one here because there's been a really good show so far. We've had Stan the Fan Charles for his weekly segment on at nine twenty-five, and then Mike Bordick just joined us. If you haven't, if you didn't catch that at ten o'clock, we were just talking about how Bordick is the best guy to hear from. Two World Series appearances, pretty awesome stuff. So we're, we were glad to have him in. By the way, PressBox is Glenn Clark Radio. It's the definitive place to find the best daily discussion of Baltimore sports. Watch every show weekday from ten to noon at YouTube.com/PressBoxOnline or Facebook.com/PressBoxSports. Or listen at pressboxonline.com/radio with podcasts available on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere you get them. You never know who might pop up on GCR this week. The guys were joined by Hall of Famer Cal Ripken Jr., Ravens running back Melvin Gordon, Maryland legend Sean Merriam Merriman, excuse me. And uh, ESPN's Tim Kirchhen. You can find those interviews and more at, at this week's Tyus, with this week's Tyus Bowser Show and special guest Justice Hill and the Glenn Clark Radio Week in Review feature at PressBoxOnline.com. That, there's a new line in here, and I screwed up the read because I there wasn't the Tyus Bowser Show line in here last time I read that. I was so.
1: going to say, you're not not trusting me with any ad reads oh, this week, this are you? This has been
0: brutal. Yeah, I can't get through them. I, I'm always going to mispronounce someone's name. Sean Merriman, I'm sorry. I, I won't say anything to Paul because I, I know I know Paul doesn't like to let Paul, you the, read ads. Paul doesn't let yeah he doesn't let me read my ads anymore. I I butchered someone like two years ago and he's never let me forget it. Yeah, I don't remember. I think it was like a. a college football coach or something and i i completely butchered it
1: i don't know one of you last time or the time before i was on here gave me an ad read and there was some like long hawaiian last name and i tried
0: like oh, three times neil matalolo i think probably it, it was the navy head football coach i think if so. i'm saying that correctly i believe yeah I, that, I was, that's a was, tough one If yeah. you've if you've never read it or heard it which i don't know how many people pay attention to navy football i guess a good amount I don't know. I don't know. I don't really pay attention to Navy football, but <laughs> um yeah, that's he, he he's been on the show before and I think he was on G C R and it's yeah. yeah, I'm I'm sorry to him. Um I, although I don't think he's the Navy football coach anymore. I believe they moved on. Couldn't tell you. I I have a friend who worked for them for a little bit, so I went to college with Go Navy beat Army but that's about all I know about Navy football. When is the Navy Army game this year? I have no clue. <laughs> <laughs> are are you, now I asked Stan this before but are you a college football person? Like would you be watching college football if the Orioles weren't playing the Ales? Um I, I might tune it in. I get the I get the um kickoff and score or not
1: score but like end of quarter gotcha. alerts. From Maryland have, I'm assuming, for right? From Maryland, yeah. Okay. Um but kind of like he said it, when when Maryland hasn't been competitive, I kind of like they always seem to win their first yeah. two or three games and then fall off a cliff and and push for like a seven and six record maybe. Yeah, it, it's it it doesn't interest me a ton, but I mean they're five and zero oh right now.
0: Well, there, there's a few years that I was really into DC United and watching the MLS, and then they got bad, and I was like, okay, I don't want to watch anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like they they came in like last place in the league, and I was like, I'm not interested anymore. Yeah. I, it's different with the Orioles and the Ravens. Oh, I'm gonna watch sure. every single second of every single game if I can, but. That's like, because I grew up liking them. DC United was like a later thing for me.
1: Yeah, and you mentioned on the show earlier that like a lot of people who are going to be at the game today cheering hard for the Orioles haven't been paying attention for the last five,
0: six, Correct. seven years. And like I so and, and even maybe the regular season. Like some people yeah. might just say it's a playoff game. I want to go to that.
1: Yeah, and there's a there's a part of me that wants to gatekeep a little bit. That's just my natural inclination, and I I don't do that. Like there's a something inside of me is like they don't want it as bad as I do. But at the same time, like. We, we talk about how our investment in like Turps football. So like, I get it. Yeah. I, I, you're 100%. more inclined to watch when a team is
0: good. I understand that. I mean, it's here's the thing about gatekeeping. I'm not a gatekeeping fan, but I think this is one of those situations where you go, okay, I really did see this team go from an 100 loss team just a few years ago yeah. to an 100 win team this year. That's more special than for me than it is for you. Yeah, undoubtedly, that's true.
1: But you take you take your own personal pride in that. It's not something yeah, I would begrudge yeah. someone else for not having paid attention. Yeah, but at 100%. the same at the same time, if if you didn't have my back when Stevie Wilkerson was <laughs> was pitching for the <laughs> Orioles, maybe you'd kind of a little times. bit less deserve Grayson Rodriguez. Yeah, f- fair enough. A, a tiny something, bit. something like that. A tiny bit. Something anyway, like that. Anyway, I, I don't want to. I don't want to be an ass on the show.
0: No, nah, it's it's. I, I totally understand what you mean. It means a lot to people who have stuck around for this whole thing. Yeah. Because we heard when Michael Elias came in in 2018, he said, "We're going to turn this thing around. We're going to rebuild, and we're going to be back in the playoffs." Yeah. They're back in the playoffs as the number one seed as an 101 win team. Yeah. That's not just getting back to the playoffs. They dominated. Yeah. I I've been saying for a long time on the show that I would be happy if our rebuild. I, I say are, the Orioles rebuild, worked out like the Milwaukee Brewers did, where they're in the playoffs consistently every year. They never win, and they never really get that close to winning. They've never been in a World Series in the past, I, I can't remember how long. I, it's It's been a while. It's been a really long time. Might be 82. Yeah, that sounds right. Some, something in the, a while ago, 30, 40 years ago, I don't know. But you look at the, the Brewers and you say, okay, that's that's kind of a model because they just get to the playoffs. That's enough. But then we started to see these things shape up, and we started to see the Orioles become legitimately the best team in baseball with the best prospects year over year over year. And we said, okay, the expectation goes farther than that now. It's not just about getting the wild card this year. We want to win 100 games and win the division, which is what it eventually had to be. You had to win 100 games to beat Tampa because they won 99. They were really good all year. This is... A moment, I guess, to reflect on what happened this season, because you look back and um, the Orioles could well be, who knows, they could well be bounced this week, and we could be sitting here next Saturday, Paul and I, and say, well, uh, it was a great season, look forward to next year in Jackson Holiday and all those great things, but this is the time to reflect on what's happened this year, and it was just an unbelievable regular season that's led us all here to the ALDS, and uh, let's preview that. ALDS Orioles and Rangers. We've already talked about it quite a bit on the show, but let's first get into the matchup. We've got a roster. Oh, perfect. Let's do it. Let's. Just released. Uh, notably, there is no Fuji.
1: Jack Flaherty made the roster. Okay. Brian Baker is on the roster. It's kind of interesting. Baker and not Fuji. Brian um, ba-
0: oh, Paul Valley's going to lose his mind. Mm. Oh, he. There. There is no one who hates Brian Baker more than Paul Valley as a player and as a person. Just Hes- to, just Heston
1: Kerstad is on the roster. Good. I like that. Uh, Adam Frazier, Jorge Mateo, Ramona Rios all made it in the infield. Westberg, Gunner, Mountcastle, O'Hearn, obviously. Um, Hayes, Hicks, Kersted, Mullins, and Santander in the outfield. Your two expected catchers, McCann and Rutschman. Pitching staff, you got Baker, Bradish, Cano, Coulomb, Flaherty, Gibson, Hall, Kramer, Perez, Rodriguez, Webb, and Wells.
0: So no, okay. no Fuji. No Fuji. Wow, I, I'm surprised at that. I think... Being that, and and sorry, I was uh, texting a, uh, a, who was going to be a potential guest of the show, just texted me back and and said he could make it later, but I'm trying to move it to next week. Um, Was Flaherty on the roster? Sorry, I, I apologize for missing that.
1: Flaherty's on the roster, yeah.
0: Interesting. So, Stan might have been right then. If we look at this roster and we say, okay, Flaherty can give you five relief innings. Like, he could literally, if say Kyle Braddish doesn't get out of the second today. You can bring in Jack Flaherty and let him just throw five innings because yeah. he's, he's built up and he's able to do that.
1: No no Cole Irvin, though, so you don't have that safety net in case you get to extra innings like Stan. Magic.
0: And I think we have a lineup now from Rock. We have a lineup from Rock. The lineup is Austin Hayes in the leadoff spot in left field, uh, Adley Rutschman batting second and catching. Santander batting third and DHing. Mount Castles at first base, batting fourth. Henderson in the five hole playing shortstop. Aaron Hicks in right field, batting sixth. Jordan Westberg batting seventh, playing second base. Mullins in center field, batting eighth. And Ramon Arias at third base with Bradish on the hill. Ryan, thoughts on the lineup? I, I like it a lot, actually. Really? Um, okay. Yeah, you have,
1: let's see, you've got Mateo off the bench as a pinch runner. That's exactly the role I was hoping he would play yep. in this postseason. So not in the starting lineup uh let's see no Frazier I kind of expected that against a lefty I did too I'm glad Frazier's not here yeah Henderson I would like a little bit higher because when that they, was gonna be my criticism when they do pull Andrew Heaney I want Gunner batting as often as possible I, I would prefer him hitting leadoff. Mullins eighth I love Mullins is my x-factor in the series and okay. I, we can we can get to that Mullins struggled down the stretch he hasn't been the same player that no. he was save for that ridiculous inning in Seattle um I think if Mullins returns to somewhat of the form we saw from him two years ago where he hits one maybe two homers steals a bag maybe two and plays exceptional defense I'd like to see him get on base a little bit more he's been popping up a lot which I don't like um I haven't uh, sorry I'll, I'll leave finish I was just gonna say I think if Mullins plays a decent series he's a massive turning point for the Orioles
0: Yeah, and by the way, I want to make sure I can get in the payoff pitch around the league because we ran out of time for that. So I'm going to get it in real quick. Go for it. Bailey Ober goes for the Twins today. Justin Verlander goes for the Astros. 445 in Game 1 in Houston. Ranger Suarez goes for the Phillies. Spencer Strider goes for the Braves. That's 607 in Atlanta. And then D-backs and Dodgers, Merrill Kelly and Clayton Kershaw at 920 at Dodger Stadium. So that's what we got on tap. But let's get back to the O's because that is the important thing of today.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I I'm still Baker over Fuji is weird. To
0: Baker me. over Fuji is a decision that I'm not sure I would have made. I mean, because here's,
1: here's the thing, Fuji's issue is command, yes. right? And we don't know what version of him we're going to get. Correct. Yeah. Brian Baker's issue is command. He he walks. Well, yeah. I think he walked like five per nine this and year and throws a lot of meatballs. He throws a lo- he throws a lot, a lot of meatballs. A lot of meatballs <laughs> and a lot of pitches that aren't competitive. Yeah. Why why? Why make take that chance with Baker when I don't know when you put when you put Fuji in there? You know, there's at least a chance he's going to absolutely
0: dominate. It's especially weird because you really haven't seen a lot of Brian Baker this year. Like right. you've seen him for what half the year, maybe on the roster. I don't know. Yeah, he was well, up and down a little one, bit. One other question. Sorry, I, again, I missed it. Cole Irvin. Is he on the roster? No. No. Interesting. So I guess it was it came down probably for them for a long relief guys either Cole Irvin or. Jack Flaherty and it, it appears they went with Flaherty now th- this means we're going
1: to have Kyle Gibson start a game most likely game four if Kramer gets three Gibson gets four
0: this John Means news is big it is and we didn't even have a chance to talk about it we, we heard from Bordick on it and he's he was taken aback by it as I think we are yeah, too we, we just found out four, <laughs> while we right four starts uh that John Means made and he was good in all four of them pretty good I I Good good is a, a relative term, I guess. But he was he was solid enough to win them ball games. And that's what I expect from John Means every time out. He's not gonna put up 10, 12 strikeouts. That's not who he is. But he's a guy who's gonna give you maybe four or five, and he'll throw his fastball, he'll throw his changeup. and he'll use him effectively. That's who he is at this point. Yeah. That guy's gonna be sorely missed because I don't Dean Kramer has not been very good as of late until the last few game last few starts of, of uh twenty twenty three. He was okay, but I, I don't know what to expect from Dean Kramer. I really don't. Kyle Gibson, I think he's, he's going to come out and be the guy. I really do.
1: I've, I've, uh, yeah. I. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I, have, I have more confidence in a postseason game in Kyle Gibson an, than an, I do with Kramer.
0: He's going on game three for me. He's going game three. I, I want the guy who's been there before, who's been in the postseason, albeit not very much. But he's been there before, and I want that guy. He
1: also I, is very familiar with Texas Stadium. Although, well, it's a new stadium. Uh, I don't know how much he pitched there. Gibson. Still, it's yeah. it's
0: relevant. He's familiar yeah. with the area of the fans. I mean, the, the team. He, yeah, it's 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 good context. Yeah, Dean Kramer is not the guy I'm trusting. Game three, I'm trusting Kyle Gibson.
1: I I think I'm with you there.
0: I I would say, for the most part, every big Orioles game where they needed Kyle Gibson to step up, he has. There were maybe one or two that he didn't, but I think he stepped up when he needed to. The big thing for me
1: with Gibson is if we come out and put up a couple runs in the first couple innings. He's He's got to respond, shut him down.
0: Right. And that, I think that's huge. I look at this game today and I say, I want Austin Hayes to get on board leadoff. He's got to get on the board. Um, it, whether he walks, I don't care. I, I want him on base. Get get the lineup
1: to Mount Castle against the exactly. lefty in the first inning.
0: Exactly. And then you have Gunnar Henderson behind him. Who doesn't hit lefties as well as he does righties? But it's Gunnar Henderson. He's gonna
1: He's, he hit lefties better down the stretch. Yeah, his he? season uh, interesting. His season numbers season numbers, his season are, numbers are are pretty significant splits. Yeah, but he he started to make some good contact against lefties. That's later that's in good the to
0: season. know. I'm, I'm assuming Ryan O'Hearn will get an at bat today once Heaney gets pulled. Yeah,
1: that's the thing. You've got O'Hearn to pinch hit. You've got Justin yeah. Kerstad to pinch hit. Man, Mateo man. off the bench is speed. Yeah, maybe a little bit of defense. You move Gunnar over to third. Bring sure, Mateo in because Arias. For so, he won a gold glove last year, and his defense was one of the worst on the to team. To me,
0: this, th- this is the sp- the part of the lineup where I go, yikes. I'd I look at Arias, and I'm like, the Orioles still, that's that's their biggest weakness going into the offseason, is they have to find someone, and maybe it's just Jackson Holiday. you move Gunnar Henderson to third, and you put Jackson at short, and that's Maybe that's it's it.
1: Holiday, maybe it's Joey Ortiz, maybe it's Norby, it could, maybe it's any of Any of those, any of those guys.
0: They're, sure, it's going to be a problem, because... It's, it might be a problem in this postseason, but yeah. it won't be a problem next year. They'll it, find a guy.
1: It, it can't be another pl- but, platoon rotation of Adam Frazier, right. Jorge Mateo, and Ramon Arias. It can't be. I,
0: I, Ramon Arias did nothing for me this year, and I said oh. it to Paul last week that it was a hot take because he did win a gold glove this year. I didn't think his defense was as good as last year. It wasn't, Not even it, close. The, the metrics back that up. Not even close. He, he, the, only,
1: yeah. the only worst defender on the team this year, I believe, based on odds above average, was Adam Frazier.
0: Really? Yeah. Wow, so he was that low. He was like minus
1: minus nine. Jeez.
0: Okay. Well, that's good context, too. And and Ramon Arias' bat, he hits about to a 700 OPS every year, which is the league average, more or less. Like, you're hitting to a league average OPS. Your OPS plus is 100. You're batting 250, 260. Like, nothing Ramon Arias does is special. So the fact that he's there in the nine hole is kind of discouraging to me a little bit. But he is against lefties, and I think his splits do favor lefties, if I'm correct in that. You might know more than I do. But yeah. I I look
1: at this and go. Uh, Wait, Arias? Yes. better against righties actually. Really? Yeah, at least that was the case when I looked at his splits in like July or August. Okay, he was way better against righties. I have to be honest. I haven't paid too much attention to to him in the past few months.
0: Negative six outs above average for Arias in the field this year. Jorge Mateo, um, love that off the bench. I Rhino Hearn, love that off the bench. Uh Kurstad, I don't know entirely what to expect from Kerstad because he's just a, kind of a big question mark there. But you know, He's going to hit the ball hard. That's he's, it. And he's he's going to get an at-bat probably later tonight in a pinch hit opportunity, though, I would does, assume.
1: Who does he well, – I guess he could hit for like a, an Arias or a, a Westberg and yeah. then they bring in Mateo and do something there. But he, he, He'll probably hit for Arias. He's not, he's not going to hit for Aaron Hicks. He's not going to hit for Anthony Santander. He's not going to hit for Hayes. True. He's not going to hit for Mullins. Yeah. So no, I it. think it would have to be one of those infielders, and then you sub out Mateo to, to
0: replace It's him. frustrating to me with Cedric Mullins. He just hasn't played, and you mentioned this a minute ago, and I just want to build on it. He hasn't played great baseball lately. He just hasn't. And it's been – he's far removed from his 33 season, and he doesn't look like that guy anymore. No. And that's fine. Uh, he doesn't need to be on this team because there's so many other guys that are really, really good. But that's exactly why I said that if he can find a little bit of that mm-hmm. – that's huge for the Orioles in this series I think he'll show up the series I, I, I agree with that I think he's gonna show up I don't know in what capacity defensively maybe but he's gonna show up I think oh, we'll yeah. hear his name a few times mm-hmm. now Ryan if you were if you're looking at the series um we're, we're getting close to 1045 we're gonna do take to rake or so um and then we're gonna call we're gonna call Paul we're gonna talk to him a little bit but before that let's get into a little bit of predictions here I I, I hate to be this guy but you've got to make a prediction Orioles Rangers series what are we looking at
1: Oh, that's that's tough. Um, give give me the give me the birds in five. Birds in five. Yeah.
0: You know what? I I'm gonna second that. Okay. I like that. I think I think this is gonna go down to the wire. The big thing for me, I keep saying it to you. I said it to you off air. The Orioles have to score first today, and they have to score early. They do better when they score early, to me. Um, and maybe the numbers would say that's wrong, but if you look at what Gunnar Henderson does at the top of the lineup basically all year, and he's been in that leadoff spot for um, a good chunk of the year now, he gets this team started. Now he's going to have the, the chance to really get them started being in the five spot. First three guys get on, something like that, you can really do some damage to Texas in the first inning. That would be absolutely huge. Definitely. So I, I think getting out there and doing that. Kyle Bradish. I have the utmost confidence in Kyle Bradish. I see Kyle Bradish going out there today and giving you... Six one run innings. Okay. Six two run innings. Something I like, like that. that. Yeah. Like I, I don't think he's gonna be as dominant as we've seen him because it's the playoffs and it Texas is probably the best lineup in the in the playoffs right now outside of the, the Braves. But you look at it and you say, This guy's just been excellent down the stretch. He's rested, he should be ready to go. I'm I'm
1: looking at I'm gonna give him five and two thirds, two runs, one earned. Okay. Eight strikeouts.
0: There was, there was <laughs> That's a, oddly specific, but I like it. There was
1: a start earlier this year. I, I wish I could remember exactly what game it was, but he came out, and I think he had like three perfect innings to start off the game. Wow. And I I remember it being a big game for the Orioles, and I, I tweeted something about how his presence on the mound that day I could only describe as FU energy. Yeah. That's what I'm looking for out of Braddish today. And I think he's got that in him in this kind of atmosphere. I think he's going to ride the momentum of what was a really really good season. Yeah. And I think he I think his mindset today is going to be no one can touch
0: him. Today is is the uh, to me the def- definition of what's the best way to say this. Today's the day he truly defines himself as an ace. Yeah. If he pitches well, that's what he's going to do. He's going to truly define himself as the number one guy.
1: Can't wait for the takes if he gives up four runs in four innings.
0: Hey, that, you know uh, we're not we're not predicting that uh, that's not going to happen. My prediction is is six six innings of like one or two run ball, but I'm not saying it could go the, you know it's not going to go the other way either. Baseball is a crazy game, and yeah. this is a really crazy lineup, and mm-hmm. I, I have no idea, frankly, but I think he, I think I think he's going to pitch well. Um, and this lineup, you just got to hope. He, they back them up a little bit the yeah. lineup now this is my question for you ryan because we looked down at the last few games the orioles played in 2023 nothing was great they didn't really hit that well now they obviously the last few games of the series they against boston they knew they won and they kind of just threw in the towel like yeah. they, they they knew they had it all yeah. um but even the few games before that they weren't hitting the way you expected them to do you think that's going to carry over in any capacity today nope okay no I, I don't. I think
1: that this team has had stretches throughout the year where they haven't hit for a few days at a time. I think they got it out of their system. Okay. They're going to put up six spot today.
0: I love birds in five, though. I think I my prediction is the Orioles win today. They're going to win a close game today, maybe a one or two run game. Tomorrow, they're going to lose. They're going to go out there and Grayson, he's going to pitch well, but he's just going to be outmatched, um, and they're going to lose. And then Game Three, Kyle Gibson's going to come in and give them the best Kyle Gibson you can see. I, I really believe. I really believe Kyle Gibson is going to step up. I'm very confident in Kyle Gibson, um, Ryan. But I'm going to finish out our, our thoughts and uh, at the end of the show here. But are you uh, any other things that you have to preview on this game or or the other games coming up in the series? I I just wanted to say because um, we we
1: haven't touched on it yet. Um, and I'm I'm looking up numbers just to confirm. Yeah, the the Rangers bullpen. Not not great. They're it's, not great. It's not 2014 Detroit Tigers bullpen, right. but it's not great. They blew cl- I think close to the most saves in a single season ever. A Chapman
0: is their big guy. Yeah. Um,
1: and it, it, if Chapman comes, someone's going yard off Chapman this series.
0: I believe so. Yeah. I believe so. It's going uh, it, to, it would be fun if it was a lefty too. Yeah. Like a lefty, lefty Henderson bomb. Oh yeah. It'd
1: so fun. like, uh, like Devers taking Chapman deep as a rookie on like a 102 mile an hour yeah. fastball. Um, anyway, I just, I, I just want to say that because, you know, a lot of fans are saying the Orioles weakness is their bullpen. And I think that is the case. Yeah. It's the Rangers weakness too. Yeah, so absolutely. if it becomes a bullpen game, it's not as much of a disadvantage as we might be making it out to
0: be. And that's why I think everything's going to be close. Because I think both these bullpens are going to be subpar. Um, and I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see. And I have no... It's impossible to predict this. Like, I, I could be completely wrong tomorrow. But I'm doing my best to, to give you my honest opinion. And I think both bullpens are struggling. And that's a good point. I I have to look into um, what, they're, what the Rangers might do game three, starting pitching-wise. I'm not really sure yet. Uh, but... In game one and game two, Jordan Montgomery is going to be tough tomorrow. Andrew Heaney is hittable today. You just got to take advantage of of situations when you have them. You have runners on second and third with one out, got to score them. That kind of thing. It's it's the little things that are just going to add up to the Orioles being able to win this game. Now, I'm going to call Paul for uh, take to rake, and you can finish your thoughts on what's happening during this series.
1: Sounds good. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have a ton of further thoughts, to be completely honest, but I can riff a little bit. Um, You know, I think this is a good matchup for the Orioles. I mentioned at the beginning of the show, it would have been kind of gratifying to be able to take on the Rays ourselves. And to be completely honest, after seeing the Rays' performance against Texas these last couple days, I think the Rays might be a better matchup for the Orioles. Not because they're a worse team than Texas, but I think we would be catching them at the right time. Um, They lost a ton of guys to injury. The whole Wander Franco situation... It's it's just a mess over there right now, despite them winning 99 regular season games. And we've played them we played them what 13 times this year, won eight of them. So we know that team well. I think the Rangers present a little bit of a tougher task for the Orioles. But I said birds in five. I'm sticking with birds in five.
0: Yeah, fair enough. I I think that's that's where I'm at too. We have Paul Valley on the line. He sounds hyped up. Like I I he sounds extremely hyped up. So How I'm excited. we feeling, we're, Paul? We're gonna get some energy from Paul. How you doing? I'm
10: doing good, guys. How you doing? How's the show going?
0: Really good show. Mike Mike, Mike Bordick was great. I don't know. We got something squeaking in the in the sh- in the studio now. But... I'm in
10: I'm in a golf cart. It was uh, for some reason at this golf course. There's a uh, speed limit.
0: Oh, that we interesting. hit. Interesting speed limit. Mm-hmm.
10: Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. So
0: we 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 had Bordagon. He was great. Uh, Stan was great as usual. So things things went smoothly today. We're we're pretty pumped up to be out there in the rain. Probably I'm under the roof section. I'm in section 77. So I'm under the roof, which is nice. It's gonna be good for today. I will not be. Uh, Paul, I, I, I want to talk to you a little bit about take to rake because we didn't nobody had a good okay. week. I don't think anybody won. Every Single player we picked. Uh, I picked Kerstad and Bryce Harper from the Phillies. You picked Mountcastle and Yandy Diaz. All of them had just one hit in all of the games that they played. So everyone had one hit. Nobody raked. Nobody won. Um, Nobody wins. Nobody won. I, I, I think Mountcastle was like one for eight ad was one for five. Bryce Harper was like one for six, and Yandy Diaz was like one for eight. So nobody did well. Nobody. Okay. Um. So how do you want to do take direct today? Are we going to do a a playoff one again? I guess we have to, or Orioles, or how are we going to do it?
10: Well, let's do. Um. Why don't we do one Orioles, and then we'll do one other player. Um. One other player from either league. Okay. Actually, no. Why don't we do? Why don't we do? Yeah, one other player from either league, whatever anybody wants to do.
0: I, I, And I vote that Ryan picks first today since he was gracious enough to fill in for us today. Um, so, it, Paul, do you agree with that? Ryan picks first?
10: Yeah, sure. And we do appreciate you filling in, as always, Ryan. You always do a great job. Thanks thanks for being so dependable.
0: Yeah,
1: man. Always happy to do it. I appreciate you thinking of me, of course. Um, man, a lot of pressure going first. <laughs> All right, well, I'm, I'm going to take what I think is probably the chalk pick for the Orioles with two lefties on the mound for Texas in games one and two. I'm taking Ryan Mountcastle for the Orioles. And then around the league, oh, man, that's tough. You know what? I'm, I'm going to take give – me, give me Royce
0: Lewis to stay hot for the Twins. Okay. Royce Lewis. Okay. Paul, you can go next.
10: All right, I'm going to give me Gunnar Henderson. <laughs>
0: that's... And give
10: me, give me Ronald Acuna Jr.
0: Man, I like that. I like that. I'm yeah,
10: gonna, and uh, and by the way, while while you guys have me, O's and four.
0: O's and four. We said O's and five. That's where we were at. Um, I'm going to go with Freddie Freeman um, from the Dodgers, and I'm going to take. Uh, I'm going to take Austin Hayes. I like Austin Hayes. Austin
10: Hayes. I expected you to go Rutschman. I feel like he's going to show up.
0: He probably will, but I'm I'm confident in Austin Hayes too, especially with the lefties on the mound. I like that for him.
10: Yeah, and he's leading yeah, off I'll, today. I'll tell you, man. What's that?
0: And he's leading off today, Austin
10: Hayes. He is, he is. I'll, I'll tell you, man, I want Gunnar Henderson because I just feel like he's the Orioles' big game player. I feel like when the Orioles have a big game, he's the guy that shows up. I just Even against the left, a couple of lefties, man, I think he's going to be a big-time player in this series. and I think he's already in the national spotlight, and it's going to just cement him even more.
0: No doubt, no doubt. We look for an incredible series here. Well, I guess we'll know the result next Saturday when we are in, and uh, it's it, we're all nervous. But I think uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, even in the rain, and, and hopefully things go the way we want. Paul, enjoy your golf vacation. Hopefully things are uh, good down there, and you're you're playing good. What, what, what are you shooting right now at the turn?
10: So at the turn, if I can try and add it up real quickly: five, ten, fifteen, twenty, and then thirty-two. Six, there's no way. I think I shot a 38 on the front. A 38? I think I just shot a. Yeah, I think I just. Shot, that, that can't be right. That's, no, I'm that's sorry. Not, I'm sorry. A 41. That's, that's, a 42 42, 42. 42. 42 still
0: halfway to 84.
1: Hey, that's, that's good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well done. Hey, 42. Stay, stay under the speed limit, all right?
10: <laughs> uh, I'll do be my best, guys. Have a great show. Enjoy the game today, and hopefully we'll be talking about a win and uh, the ALCS next week. Thanks, Paul. Go, Rose. See you.
0: That was Paul Valley, host of the Bat Around. Ryan, do you, you want to run? And, and my my family's been out front for about twenty minutes. so oh, I'm wow! Gonna, I'm gonna head Jeez. out. I, I hate
1: sure. to, I hate to dip out early. Uh, go Orioles. Go Ravens. Uh, go into Pittsburgh. Get a dub out there. Orioles are Orioles in five, like we said. Orioles in five. Thank you so much for having me. Truly do appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for coming in. I know we you're re- you're coming to the stadium as well. Yes. Drive safe. We'll see you down there. Hopefully. We don't miss any of the festivities. I think the rain. Nah, might I, push think we'll, it back I think we'll a little be fine. Bit. We'll be good. So, uh, but yeah, I don't. I don't want to leave them hanging anymore. So, uh, sure. Thank you so much, and uh, I'll see you next
0: time. Thanks for coming in, Ryan. Appreciate right. it. That's Ryan Blake. Uh, he is the. Our, one of our, our, our favorite uh, guests on the show. He comes in and co hosts for us graciously, as I said. So we appreciate Ryan. Um, we're going to catch a break. When we come back, we're going to finish things out here, talk a little bit of Ravens, a little bit more O's, um, and then it'll be up to the O's to, to go in a series.
2: killing all viruses, allergens and bacteria, AJ Michaels, heating and air conditioning in
5: Baltimore and Annapolis, AJMichaels.com. The Maryland 5 Star returns to iconic Fair Hill October 19th to 22nd, marking the next chapter in Maryland's equestrian tradition. Best described as the triathlon of horse eventing, you won't want to miss this thrilling sport. Enjoy a fall festival with local fair, retail vendors, and tons of family fun. Come for the event and stay for the experience in Cecil County, home to the Chesapeake Bay waterfront with vibrant small towns and accommodations to suit every desire. It's the place to be in October. Visit Five Maryland5star.us for tickets.
9: Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org.
6: Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today.
3: What's up, everyone? It's Tyus Bowser, and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita A partnership, a press box, and great Ace memorabilia. The next Tyus Bowser Show
5: is Tuesday, October 3rd at Guilford Hall Brewery in Station North. It's brought to you by Superbook Sports. And don't forget, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, visit HelpMyGamblingProblem.org.
0: The latest edition of PressBox is available now. On the cover, Bo Smolka dives into what's next for Lamar Jackson after receiving one of the biggest contracts in football history. Is Lamar ready to take the Ravens to the next level, now with a new offensive coordinator and new wide receivers? Also inside, we look at what new football coaches Brian Newberry and Pete Shinnick bring to Navy and Towson, respectively. And we meet players from the college football and soccer programs around the state. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the O's, Ravens and Serp's at pressboxonline.com. Welcome back in to the bat around now flying solo here to finish things out. There's a little more than a week left to pick up this print issue of Pressbox on the cover. Bo Poke dives into what's next for Lamar Jackson after receiving one of the biggest contracts in football history. Is he ready to take the Ravens to the next level with offensive coordinator and new wide receivers? Also inside we look at what new football coaches Brian Newberry and Pete Shinnick bring to Navy and Towson respectively. And we meet players from the college football and soccer programs around the state. Pressbox is available for free at over five area locations, including 60 Royal farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles Ravens and terps at pressboxonline.com. The place to be after this and every Ravens game day is Pressbox’s Project Game Day. Glenn Clark and Rita Hubbard react live to every game offering their truly uncensored opinions about the team's decisions and results in every game. Plus, they'll be joined by some very special guests during the year, and you can chime in live during each show as well. Watch the shows live at youtube.com slash pressboxonline or facebook.com slash pressboxsports, and check Glenn Clark Radio or the NFL Chick on Twitter for a Zoom link that will allow you to be part of the show. Tomorrow will be a very special edition of Project Game Day. The show will not start after the Ravens game, but instead begin after the Rangers and Orioles game. As Glenn and Rita break down the Ravens and Orioles games, with Super Bowl champ Femi and Bayo and a special Orioles guest as well. That's tomorrow only. A special project game day following Game Two of the ALDS. Project Game Day is brought to you by SuperBook Sports, AJ Michaels, and HelpMyProblemGambling.com. dot com. Finishing things out here on the batter on, we look at the Ravens. They go to Pittsburgh and play the classic Pittsburgh Ravens uh, matchup. Uh, an AFC North matchup that's always going to be tough for the Ravens, but I think they're going to go in there and win that one. Don't want to talk about that one too much, but it is a big game. Um, we were Obviously, we're going to be rooting for the Ravens at 1 o'clock. We'll see the Orioles on at 4. Today, the Orioles are on at 1. Again, Kyle Bradish, Andrew Heaney. Uh, the stakes are really high for the Orioles. They want to get out early, start up quickly, and make sure that they win this one, because I think it's going to help a lot uh, down the line. So really excited for that. I will be out there, uh, and we'll certainly be ch- catching up on the Ravens and the Orioles tomorrow as well. We hope by the time that we are back next week, things are happy because we have a uh, a win for the Orioles in the ALDS, and we're looking forward to the ALCS. Uh, So go O's, go Ravens, and to finish things out, I just want to remind you the Tyus Bowser Show is back for Season 3. Tyus and his special guests will join Glenn and Rita all over town throughout the season, giving you the chance to have the inside scoop and rub elbows with your favorite players. The Tyus Bowser Show is a partnership of Press Box and Grade 8's memorabilia and brought to you by Superbook Sports, AJ Michaels, and HelpMyGambling.com. Uh, for more information, visit pressboxonline.com Bowser. The next ties Bowser Show is Tuesday, October 17th at Mother's North Grill in Timonium. As I said, go O's, go Ravens. We'll see you next week here on The bat round